the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us. Heroes like Mario Nelson. After 9-11, Mario Nelson helped with the recovery efforts at Ground Zero. That experience motivated him to enlist in the U.S. Army. He deployed to Iraq and was two months from coming home when he was killed in action at the age of 26. He left behind a wife and young daughter. Thanks to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation, his wife and daughter received a mortgage-free home. Your kindness and generosity brought them financial stability and peace of mind when they needed it most. For some families, the foundation brings the comfort of knowing they can stay in the home where they made memories with their fallen loved one. For other families, the foundation enables new memories to be cherished forever. Help our nation's greatest heroes and their families when they need it most. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Makes me want to sing. Lovely Linda Thompson. Human Carl's here, everyone. Thank you, Human Carl, an amazing veteran of the United States Army, I believe. And uh, thank you so much for your service. We love you around here, Human Carl. Grant Geozoff, how you doing? Nice to see you again. Awesome Ann Palmer, good to have you here. And uh, let's see here. I know I missed... A super chat from Cat Chaser. Thank you so much, Cat Chaser, for kicking off the super chat tonight. It's a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. Gong Show, thank you for coming on in. And uh, let's see here. And uh, Linda Thompson, thank you so much for the love as well, as I uh, very much appreciate it. So thank you so much for kicking off our week and supporting SOR through the Super Chats. We very much appreciate it so, so much. All right, we got about 20 seconds left here before we are going to launch. Hi, Jessica McCreary. It's Raining Tacos. Welcome to SOR Chat and a fantastic name for you. Blue Cruise, Pig Pen. Good to see you all here. Hi, Jessica S. And... Uh, yeah, it's almost that time, almost that time where it's, I'm going to ask you to put your horns up. Let's rock. of Central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at YouTube.com forward slash spaced out radio do old Davey the favor hit that subscribe button you can follow us on twitter at spaced out radio instagram at spaced out radio show and on tiktok at spaced out radio our website is spacedoutradio.com we have a plethora of features for you Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Tonight's show is brought to you by Chive Charities. Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find it on our website. Great show lined up for you tonight. Travis Willier is going to be here talking about spirituality, ET contact, maybe a little Wendigo. Then, 
In hour three, we got the Swamp Dweller back with another spooky story. Tim Senor returns for the UFO report. Shirky Pooh has the news. Travis, Travis William Mutstus is an actor, artist, writer, and stars in APTN Secret History of the Wild West and various other shows from across many different platforms. Travis is a knowledge story holder of his Cree people in his area in northern Alberta and is an active UFO and paranormal researcher. He's uh, here today to share some of his experiences with UFOs, Bigfoot, ancient connections of Native America to the Star Nations and Universe Beyond. Travis has been a fan of this show. I am so excited to have him on Spaced Out Radio tonight. Travis, thank you for joining us. How are you? We're going to... I forgot to unmute you. I forgot to unmute you. That's my fault. How you how you doing, my friend? I'm feeling great. I'm like I was just saying. I'm feeling blessed to be here, and I'm so honored that I could speak among all the legendary guests that were on the show in the past. And to all the future listeners, thank you for tuning in, and listening in the future, and everybody listening now. I'm so happy to speak and share some of these stories and tales, man. Well, you know what, Travis? I am a big, big supporter, and I know you've been listening for a long time and have heard me say this. I am a very, very big supporter of indigenous stories, legends, folklore, and I and I have a you know, I may be in the minority here, but I have a a real, real belief that First Nations, indigenous people across North America and the world really have a lot of the answers that modern day science is looking for when it comes to cryptids, when it comes to ghosts, when it comes to the star people and UFOs. And and I've just, you know, out of all the stories I have heard and all the all the legends that I have heard that I've been blessed to hear, I, I I just have become convinced of that. Now, you've grown up in the Cree culture in northern Alberta, and, you know, for you, these stories have been passed down generation to generation. How important is it for you to not only educate other Indigenous, but people of all makes and models about what we are dealing with in the fringe and the supernatural? Oh, yes. Um, For for me, the teaching the youth and uh, getting these stories out to the, especially my people, um, you know, the, the true elders, the ones that are living the way and, and seeking it. And uh, that's where I'm really, uh, I'm proud to be a part of that. And uh, for everyone else that is born around the medicine wheel, we all have a part to play as being light keepers and holders of this world. We all have a place to, on this earth that we need to play a big part in. So for you growing up in this culture, I mean, these stories of, of star people and Sasquatch and, and Wendigos and the paranormal and, you know, drumming to the spirits who have passed before you and watching them join you in a drumming singing session. You know, I mean, you have been there, you've seen it, you've done it all within your culture and, and you've traveled around Canada and North America, helping others with their paranormal supernatural investigations. You know, why do you feel it's, it's your job to kind of take this path to, to spirituality, to enlighten people? I feel like, I think that uh, for me, it's a, uh, it's a natural path. It's the path that I was meant to walk. Uh, like my, um, I have a lot of family that walk this path as well. You know, uh, 
with uh, over 40 years of, you know, earth knowledge of this earth years. And um, I feel like it's, it's a necessary path. Like as a uh, people of, we've been living in cities in this modern society, we kind of forgot how to be in that path. You know, we kind of strayed away from the natural balance and we've become unbalanced. So it's a, I think it's a remembering and walking back to it, you know, coming back around to it. So help eventually save everyone and everything around us. Have the star people and these creatures been here all along or have they just introduced themselves, say over the last couple hundred years? See the, the Neo and Niawak people, the four directions, my people, the Cree people, um, we are named the Neo and Niawak, the people, the four directions actually goes on a little bit longer than that. The true traditional name of it actually goes on to say of the universe. Um, reason of being uh, us Cree people believe that the const- people, the constellations made us and brought us here to this earth. And not only us, but they made also all other forms of life, E.T., the dimensionals, all the all the walks, you know, the animal spirits, the plant spirits, the rock spirits, you name it, you know. And um, we've been connected with these E.T.s since the beginning. A lot, a lot of it, the Akakosaka Samanak which is the star people. And uh, like I said, we got a lot of our teachings and a lot of our ceremonies from the star nations. And uh, we honor that all the time in our ceremonies with from star lodges to, you know, dances. And like you said, drumming and singing songs and all sorts of um, ceremonies and offerings that are made to the stars and connections between the, like I said, uh, between the sky and the land and the inner earth. What is out there? What is out there? The inner earth? No, out the stars. <laughs> oh, yes. Many forms of life. Uh, many forms of E.T. Some say, like, like I'm even feeling like some of the ships that we see are actually living life forms that we just never got to witness yet in the vast space, you know, <laughs> the unknown. But uh, what I'm getting at, too, is uh, a lot of these life forms and and uh, beings that come from the Cestial nation, the galactic flower, is actually bringing us back into bringing us back into it. And because, like I said, we were connected many years ago, a lot, lot, a lot more than now. But they're returning back, and I, I just pray that our souls and everyone's ready to receive them. <laughs> you know, one of the things that I have learned, whether it's from your uh, people such as yourself or Allison Yellowney who's from in Northern Alberta. I don't know if you know who she is. Uh, if uh, people around my own Canham Lake First Nation, uh, you know, I remember talking to the former chief here. He's uh, since retired, but he he was telling me, I asked him one day, I said, you know, uh, how do you guys deal with the Sasquatch? He goes, well, we don't get a lot of Sasquatch. He goes, but I just wish the damn star people would leave us alone for once. And... I mean, is there a sense of frustration because, I mean, you guys, you and the Cree, you are praying to the star people, yet we know that not all star people are of benevolence. Yes, and this is, um, this is another thing, too, with, uh, with uh, attracting, you know, like um, with uh, being of the light, beings of the light, right? And um, also, too, with uh, the whole, like... Um, thing is people a lot of people say they get abducted when uh, our people refer to it as uh being visited and uh 
not only that, but sometimes we are giving given downloads of different sort of visions and teachings and ethics and all sorts of technological advancements and you name it, uh, archi- uh, sorry, um, agriculture. And uh, this is all proven through archaeology. And um, but like I was getting at, though, is, uh, yeah, no, it's it's always like a it's always a question, right? Is it is the ET friendly and, you know, are they on our side and whatnot? But our people, like I said, have uh, always referred to them as our ancestors, our star ancestors. Um, when this, when the constellation beings made us, they they made us through the five elements, and this tells this tales through our hands. You know, you had the earth, the air, the water, fire, and then the, the fifth one is for creation because that makes the fist, and this is about the size of your heart. And then the Creator gave us two gifts, so then it makes us the heart and the mind, and those are within us. You know what I mean? And then we hold these true, right? And uh, like I said, we walk this earth and as forms of creation to harmonize with it. And we harmonize with this earth, we harmonize with the universe. And this is, goes beyond. And, and uh, a lot of these places that we have in Native America and all these sites and sanctuaries, these places, holy relics, these, these hills, these mountains, these ley lines, these connections, the, the medicine societies, we use them in the ancient times to telepathically communicate with one another. So some of these temples, like the Sun Temple and the, the pyramids in Illinois, for example, or the Chukia Mounds out in Oh, oh, sorry, so, or Serpent Mountain, Ohio, you know what I mean? Like, all those places, they all connect together. And uh, on the spiritual ley lines and the connections of Mother Earth, natural connections. One of the elders... Um, as for Big... One of, the, oh, ahead, one, one of the elders here, I have a... My daughter, a couple of years ago, uh, made a a drum. And, you know, you're not allowed to take a drum unless it's blessed. And so yes. she uh, she forgot it at school because she, it wasn't blessed. And then I got it in February after Christmas because it was finally we were finally able to get it blessed. And I've taken that into the forest, and I have received yeah. messages telepathically just from drumming. And I asked one of our local elders about this, my good friend Eddie. And I asked him. I said, Eddie, what? I said, I said. Humor me here for my ignorance and stupidity here for a moment. I, I said, what is the what is the meaning of the drum? Why does spirit, or or these cryptid creatures, come when the drum is beat? And I never knew this. And all of a sudden, he took his fist, just like you did. And this is what reminded me of it. He took his fist and he started going like this against his chest, and he goes, Dave. The drum is the heartbeat. You drum to the heartbeat because the heart is life to absolutely everything. This is correct. And yes. and I my like my jaw dropped, my friend. My jaw dropped because it was such a, a simple answer that I was trying to overthink. You know? But I mean some of the messages we have we have, or I have got personally from drumming on my own, and I don't even know if I'm doing it correctly. You know, have been have been beautiful. I mean, I had it. My my buddy um, Paul, the lip blade in the chat room. Him and I, we were up on this uh, up on this hill, and I started drumming into a valley. And the next thing I know, I hear this spirit voice that says, "There's nothing here, but I want you to go to this area." Showed me a picture of the area. Yeah of where to go. He goes, you'll see something. So I took that. 
I said, thank you. And I took that. We drove to that area and we parked. And on the east, we had the northern lights all around us. And on the west, it was the first time I saw the Starlink satellites flying by. That was what he wanted to show us. Yeah. That, or uh, maybe you're meant to do a vision quest there. They say sometimes the spirits, when they uh, fly down in orbs like that and go around trees or inside the trees and make trees glow or areas like that, or the, say the Northern Lights were showing you that area, maybe that area you're meant to go for a vision quest there. I think we, were, too, just, uh, I, I think we were too in awe, to be honest with you. <laughs> I think we were too in awe. And uh, it was funny. I tried to wake up my little guy. Because he was sleeping in the back of my Jeep, and no, he, he wasn't having any of that. He's like, I'm sleeping, Daddy. All right. Not a problem. Not a problem whatsoever. But, Travis, it's not about me. It's this about you and, and your stories and your culture. You're very proud of your heritage. You're very proud to to bring this forward and you've created quite a career for yourself not only as an actor and an artist but as someone in the paranormal investigations here in Canada as well I mean you've got to be somebody who is looked up to for trying you know being so young but continuing the current traditions and the stories and the legends that have been passed down I hope to encourage that amongst our youth and I hope they seek it out themselves because it is a path that is uh truly extraordinary you know and uh and especially when it comes to the ultra terrestrials and uh and uh you know the great mystery it's it's quite uh, fascinating and uh life only takes this wild adventure and it's uh it's one to walk and and be amongst and experience for yourselves out there i want to ask you and, and please uh pardon my ignorance on on this question but coming from the background that you have which is naturally built into the paranormal and supernatural when you go on investigation is it quite different than what we see like my buddy merle doing or or you know grabbing a bunch of gear and 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 trying to communicate through technology what do you use the same techniques or is there something different that you do um it all depends on the on the current situation to be honest with you uh for Say if it's just uh, the average guy saying like, hey, I'm getting like, you know, movement in the house or I'm hearing a little bit of whispers and whatnot, I'll, I'll go investigate, you know, to go see if there's a, some sort of ghost activity or some sort of spirit activity going on there. I'll go help out a guy. But there were other instances like my uncle, he, he passed away, but before when he was alive, he used to do exorcisms of houses, households, like actual households that were um, had spirit attachments to them, like evil spirits, like, uh, like the Buffalo Man Eater people spirits, for example. What those is, ones are really bad. Hold on, you can't mention the buffalo man eaters. Man eater people. Yeah, what what are they? The man eater people. So, after the great spirit and the constellations made us and placed us here on the earth, there were many other beings that were almost man and Lord, they're man and animal. So, examples were these buffalo eater people, and they were like men, but they were they had buffalo heads, and they would actually attack camps and eat camps and people would go and fight them and like it was like a there was a battle between these man-eater buffalo people and and the warriors of our of our ancient days and societies like manitou and and he would fight also not only them but i'll get into that other bit later but these spirits still exist though sometimes in dimensional forms and uh they'll haunt places or they'll or they'll try to attack people and 
and uh, they cause a pretty bad scene. So this one time, this house is really, uh, really attached. And uh, my uncle went in there and he was doing the traditional uh, medicine men uh, way of, uh, you know, clearing a house, cleansing a house and doing the traditional prayers. And um, we were we were hearing all sorts of banging and stuff in the house. And all of a sudden the windows just busted all the house windows. And then uh, he come running out and he's like, there's a man, Buffalo Eater uh, Spirit in there. So you got to stand back. Everybody stand back. And then he went inside himself and uh, he grabbed a blanket and bust his blanket. Right. And he went inside and uh, he come back out and uh, he had this blanket all like in a bundle. And he put it in the back seat of his car. And you can literally see the trunk in the car just go down. And he shut the trunk. And he's like, all right, I'm going to go bury this in land somewhere. Get rid of this. But you guys stay out of the house for four days and four nights kind of deal. And and then uh, he'd go there and bless it after that and make sure that none of them came back there. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he got rid of it, though. And it, and it did stay away. I have never heard of that before in my life. <laughs> I'm happy to share this here, Matt. Oh. So we're talking the head of a buffalo on a human body. Yes, yes, yes. Holy and these creatures were, were 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 ravaged, and they would run around and just they would eat other creatures and fight other other tribes. And yeah, there's even ancient stories of like how uh, Kenya Pick Napuyu would ride up from the UFOs from the caves underground and land and come come try to take the women of the tribe and fight the warriors and our warriors would have to go to war with them. And then it was like thunder warrior. He had an ax, a blessed ax from the thunder spirits. And he was able to call down the thunder from the sky. And this is what scared the snake men away back into the inner earth with whoa, the UFOs. Whoa, whoa. They got in there and flew in. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Snake <laughs> men. Yeah. Yeah. Can it, can they pick nap which is the snake men. Yeah. Snake man. <laughs> is that like a human? Body? Yeah. No, human body with like the, human, the head of a... Like, Humanoid, like like almost dinoid kind of humanoid beings, yeah, like dinosaur people kind of deal, yeah. Holy cow! Yes. So, so you believe there is a an inner Earth? As we got about three minutes to go here, and you're going to be throwing a lot at us tonight. And uh, dirty filth, I'm already going to tell you, we're going to have to rebook uh, Travis here for. Uh, sometime later this month to continue some of these stories for Halloween, uh, if, if Travis yeah. doesn't mind. But I'm going to call that shot right now because we're going to need more of this. You know, Inner Earth, as we got about two and a half minutes, what is it? Where- when you were a kid, did you want to be an astronaut? A crossing guard? Sometimes our dreams feel a little all over the place, but we're not alone. In fact, McDonald's created an education platform, APA Next, with all the resources Asian Pacific American students like us need to navigate the next steps, or even figure out what they are. With streaming workshops on college admissions and more, a lot of the work is done for us. Come take a look at apanext.com and decide what's next for you. With Volkswagen vehicles like these, there's no need for drama or second guessing. That's because there's a Volkswagen that's a perfect match for your lifestyle. Like the joyful Taos, versatile Tiguan, sporty Jetta, stylish Atlas Crossport, and family-sized Atlas. Plus, the Taos has over 50 standard features, including LED headlights, turbocharged engine, and an 8-inch Volkswagen digital cockpit. Visit your local Volkswagen dealer today to learn more about our vehicle lineup. Where is it? 
it's 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 exactly in the earth it's uh it's dimensionally it's there uh spiritually accessed but there's also legends of uh origin stories where the people started off in the earth again after cataclysms have struck the earth and the whole earth turned to fire there are a lot of nations were in this giant uh cavern system and they lived in there amongst the ant people and the gopher people and the and there was like rabbit people as well too and and uh like they all lived in the society down there and uh when the when the creator uh well said they were allowed to after their punishment they uh were allowed to enter the upper world again, the thir- the fourth world, because they were in the third world, which is the inner earth. Uh, creator opened a sun portal. A portal opened the sun and the earth, and they were able to exit out, and the, and the people spread in all four directions across Turtle Island. My goodness. They'd meet up, they'd meet up every every like year, the summer solstice. They'd meet up, and that sun portal would open up in the inner earth, and they'd be able to go down and trade with the inner earth societies and uh, bring them gifts from the upper world. And they, yeah, it was, like, it was like a tradition. Okay, so inner Earth is this where we see the uh, find the little people, the gnomes, the the forest dwellers, the Sasquatch, the Dogman. Yes, yes. So I, I have a few stories about Dogman and the little people as well too. So uh, yeah, this is where you find a lot of the little people, like um, the Snake Mountain, Ohio. That that mound, the little people live in there. Um, advanced root systems in our oldest forests, uh, and you can you you hear them out there, and uh, you see them. They'll they'll come bug you in your teepee, come poke you at night, and yeah, they do all sorts of things. And but if you leave them, if you're on their good side and you leave them good offerings, and uh, uh, then then they're all they're great. They're they're there to be part of your ceremonies. They're there to help heal. Uh, like I said, they're very dimensional. So like I said, they could visit you in dreams even as well. I am. Travis, I am. You, you are quickly turning into one of my favorite guests that we've ever had on this show right now. Okay, we we, we got to keep up this momentum because uh, I am just blown away with having you here and and just what you're saying. I mean, I mean, I'm on woo overload right now. Okay, I am. Woo! We're not even thirty minutes into this show, and I am already on peak woo overload. Oh, excellent. It feels good. It feels good. It's flowing through my veins. And I know that it's going to start putting steam through my ears into my headphones. Travis, I'm going to get you to hold on right there. Travis Willier here on Spaced Out Radio. The Woo is large and in charge tonight on the Mighty SOR as we learn First Nations folklore, legends, spiritual healings to ET contact. Travis Willier will return for the next half hour on Spaced Out Radio right after this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, buddy. I love it. Love it. There it is, Jules. Peak Woo has been declared. Peak Woo has been declared. Oh, God, this feels good. Hey, Purple Hobbit Eric, LGG Guild, how you doing? Uh, Renee BK. Because I, I got something special to show them, too, oh. coming up. So. I'll be back. I'm going yeah. to take a quick step outside. How much time do you think you, I got? You got about four and a half minutes. Four and a half minutes? Yeah. All right. Give me a sec. Yeah. Kurt Valdez, how you doing, man? Welcome to SOR Chat. Uh, let's see here. <coughs> hmm. 
Dirty, uh, seriously, let's get him booked up again for later this month. We'll focus uh, more on the paranormal stories at that point, okay? Okie dokie, Smokey. Yep. That's dirty filth right there, everybody. Body Tech, good morning to you. And who else is here? Mm-hmm. Felipe, how you doing, man? Dude, that buffalo man-eater thing, that is fantastic. That is fantastic. I thought of a minotaur. That's what I was thinking, man. That is just rock star. And then Snake Man? Yeah, I got a couple cartoons to draw. Oh, this is heaven. This is the reason why I do this show. This is the reason right here. And I'm out of uh, Tums. Gonna have to go get another assorted berries Tums. And we only got like a toenail into Inner Earth, too. We haven't even started that yet. That's gorgeous hair, by the way. Gorgeous hair. Yeah, right. Up. Yeah, the hair jokes for quite some time. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. <coughs> oh, years or so it's been going. <laughs> uh, I, I've made it, Travis. I made a call here uh, with uh, Dirty here um, during the break while you stepped away. We're gonna stay away from the paranormal stuff tonight, and then we're gonna line something up to bring you back later this month. For you know that way, because it's closer to Halloween, we'll get more into the uh, paranormal side of things. Is that cool with you? You uh, you want to get more into it at a later date? You said yeah. Sorry. So so tonight we'll stick with like the cryptids and the and the UFO stuff. Okay. Yeah. And then we'll bring uh, when we bring you back later this month, we'll do a paranormal, just like ghosts and spirits and, and stuff on that night. Make it a two-parter. All righty, I'll save Dogman for that night. Well, Dogman, we can hit tonight. Oh, I want ghosts. All right. I want yep. ghosts and stuff. We'll get we'll get her going. This is fantastic, just fantastic. Kira, your hair grows so quick; drives me nuts. I use a night. I, today was wash day. I had a nice shampoo and condition this morning. My hair, honestly, is not growing. It is stopped. It is totally stopped. Thurston Howell the Third, how are you? How's Lovey? Say hi to her for us. It's the hat trick of Canadians today, Dave. Hat trick. <laughs> hat trick. And we're all Oilers fans. There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. You never go wrong with being an Oilers fan, people. Just letting you know. Well, it was pretty dark for a while there, buddy, old pal. Doesn't matter. 
Doesn't matter. We're back, baby. <laughs> we are back. Uh, hey, Bobbert, how you doing? Uh, I am good, Mr. Cowley. Welcome back to the show. Oh, Mr. Cowley loves his spaced out radio. A uh, big thank you to Linda and Cat Chaser for the super chats tonight. Very much appreciate it. The Super Chat is a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. So thank you so much. Uh, we're going to continue on with uh, some really, really good stories with Travis Willier here. Coming up here in about five seconds. Sit tight, people. Here we go. Space Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hi to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live at KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. From the Cree Nation in Alberta, Canada, we have Travis Willier here tonight, and we are talking cryptids, UFOs, spiritual healings, and absolutely everything. And right before the break, we started getting into inner earth, and we just dipped our pinky toe into that. And this is a place where all the forms of the creatures tend to come from and that you believe. Why do they hang out down there? What's down there? Earlier civilizations um, had taken refuge down there uh, during the earlier cataclysms of this earth. So a lot of a lot of civilizations still remain down there, and people live down there. And uh, this is like um, all sorts of beings: or snake people, reptilian people, all all you name it. All different kinds of societies live down there. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of connections to that. Even offerings that are still made in a lot of our ceremonies to this to the inner earth and uh, to honor those beings and and uh, like I said, uh, even leaving, like I said, uh, I should say, like gifts and stuff like that as well. And I said uh, dances, ceremonies that connect uh, earth and sky. And and uh, like I said, a lot of those ceremonial sites do that. Uh, they do uh, connect the the, the sky, uh, sorry, the land and the sky. And uh, and for us, the, those uh, those that order between the constellations and all the stars represents the order we have amongst our tribes on the land. And um, this is this is why we have so much respect for our ancestors of the Star Nation and giving us these teachings that we all live by. So, um, like I said, there's so many teachings in the stars from the constellations in themselves, like uh, Ursa, Ursa Minor, which is uh, which would be the Little Dipper or the Bear uh, Bear constellation, Little Bear constellation. Um, in our culture, we call them Atima Atima Akakosak, which is um, uh, sorry, which is Dog Stars and uh, these uh, dog stars is uh, is actually the tale of how the dog was created on Earth, and uh, so the way this goes is uh, 
ancient times after, like I said, the very early times, there was no dogs on the earth. And um, a lot of our camps are being invaded by these cryptids and other worldly beings and other ultra terrestrials that we, you know, just didn't have the, you know, the warning signs. There was nothing there to bark or keep us safe at night, right? Keep them away or warn us from animals, you know, animals be there stealing food and whatnot. But uh, so the dog stars, they looked down and said, these poor Indians, let's, let's give them some of our dogs to help them out. So the wolf, I'm going to send down four puppies. And then the coyote joined in. I'll send down four of mine as well. And then the fox just out to him. I'm sending down eight, you know, <laughs> just to go down and send more. So these dogs, they all got down to earth. They ascended from the star nation, the constellation people brought them down. And they spread across the four directions of the land to all the tribes and nations. They became man's best friend. And they barked and kept our tribe safe. But in science, that's what they proved out to be, that uh, that these dogs intermingled and that uh, eventually these different species of dogs made, you know, like the coyote intermingled with wolves and wolves intermingled with foxes. And then we got the dog eventually. That's like, uh, that's proven in science. So this ancient native tale is, is kind of on point with how these different species came down and they intermingled and mixed and went amongst the tribes. So this is where I'm... Um, this is where a little bit of science gets tied into that. So I just wanted to explain that. Now, and, uh, now, my question to you is, have you personally ever been invited to visit Inner Earth? Oh, yes. 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 Astrally, yes. Yes. Um, Nepal monks actually had uh, contacted a little astral group of ours, and uh, they wanted us to join them. And it was like 50 Nepal monks. And uh, this was actually earlier this year, July 28th to be exact. And um, it was, like, real early in the morning. <laughs> it was, like, real early in the morning. I woke up just out of dead sleep. I was, like, I think they need me. So I got up, and uh, I checked my email, and sure enough, we got this email. We all we all got in together, and uh, we actually traveled to um, the inner earth. And uh, there are 15 Nepal monks, and they're fighting for Earth's last energy center. And in this energy center, uh, there was a portal that was, like, this black squid was coming out of it. And... Uh, Sure enough, we're there all fighting, and Nepal monks were like using these crystals, and they were using the sun's energy to blast it with the with rays. And uh, we're there, like helping them out. Uh, I was using my techniques. Um, I have a little bit of lightning and stuff like that I use in my astral world and whatnot. And uh, yeah, we're like my name is Sipiku Waskatawiwin, which is blue lightning. Uh, but I just wanted to say that. So uh, anyway, we're there. We're fighting this creature. We sent it back inside of the portal, wherever dimension it came from. Some water dimension or where there's just creatures of mass size that have been there in dreams and seen it before but anyway this creature was sent, was sent back and after that there's these other beings these like uh they have like the heads of they almost like the skulls with like like tentacles like they almost have like a octopus face jellyfish face like but, uh, but uh yeah these yeah these uh these beings though they're like humanoids and they were like they're pretty tall they're about like seven feet and they started like making their way to the ship and uh, the monks are like very concerned about that. So we ended up contacting Galactic Federation of Light Force, and they ended up coming in and chasing them away and blasting them away. And uh, good riddance because these beings are they feast on humanity's like like sort of they're in the fourth dimension, right? But they'll feast on people's insanity. They'll literally attach people to well, they'll attach themselves to people, and make them go insane. So, but like I said, the Paul monks they were happy that we got rid of it, and uh, they actually invited us to go and sit with them in their temples and. We did. We we're chilling out with them, and, and uh, I haven't went back. But you know, I feel like if I ha if I ever have to, I'd be welcomed. You know, <laughs> so. But uh, 
um, in that sense, though, uh, the inner Earth battles, like I said, there's energy portals down there that connect us all to other dimensions across the universe. Like we're all connected like a giant spider web and uh, the galactic forces within us and within this portal of Earth. And uh, it's about harmonization with Earth. And then you can awaken with every planet in the universe. Wow. Wow. That's deep indeed. All right. So I want to ask you this then. What is Bigfoot or what is a dogman? You know, I've asked this question. You know, you tune in all the time. I've asked this so much of researchers and they give their base descriptions. But from an indigenous perspective, what are these creatures? All right. So, uh, uh, yeah, a lot of lot of just just Napoleons of the of the culture, just native men. Uh, so even just people like uh, it can just inhabit people sometimes. The spirit uh, of the dog man, um, and they can become shapeshifters. Uh, literally, people have been known to leave tribes in the early days and want to return back to the forest to become the dog man. And they would they they would leave and they'd they'd literally become a dog man and live in the forest forever. And uh, and they discover other dimensional rifts and timelines because that's a whole different world and path for these individuals um uh, as when it comes to um uh, mr napuyo the big man <laughs> yes no he goes back he's he's one of our friends uh we, we we keep him protected um he actually there's a lot of families that live amongst uh reservations all across canada and i've actually had people like tell me like of uh, areas that they know where they're at but we all respect them we don't we keep them hidden from a lot of people um Reason being is that they're they're highly dimensional and um, they help out with a lot of the connections with the earth and uh, especially within our ceremonies. And uh, I would like to just share this uh, story of this time when I was taken by my uncle to go and do a fast, a traditional fast. Um, this is uh, in the forest of seclusion, four days, four nights without food or water. Um, we're doing the ceremony the day before I got go put, well, I got to go put out be put out in the woods out there, right? But um, so we're in the sweat lodge and we're praying and we're, you know, honoring the spirits of all four directions. And, and, um, when we were, when we were waiting on the outside and taking like in between rounds, we just heard this snapping the trees, this kush, kush, just kush, four distinct snaps, only four. And, uh, and that's when my uncle's like, Oh, Mr. Napuyo is here to bless our ceremony and keep all the, keep all the cryptids and negatives away from us while you guys are out there on your journey. So you guys aren't killed out there you know what i mean when we're out there in the spirit world and uh this that's been known to happen if people don't do the ceremonies right or they don't have their protection the spirits will actually go and take your life while you're out there on those vision quests and yeah you'll find they'll find your lifeless body out there like kind of deal but uh but so like i said but he's there as a protector and uh in the ancient times he used to be there as the drummers and singers and back in the times and uh like we've always known them as dimensional walkers uh even the elders talk about it morally about how this is in southern alberta they talk about how in the mountains during the full moon they'll say the mist and will actually become an energy form and fly up and you'll actually see these orbs fly up to the moon you'll go and recharge up there wow never yes. heard that but, i have but yes i have oh, heard i have heard from many first nations around here members that they believe it is a wild man uh, that yeah. that has supernatural ability, that it does have the ability to either shape shift or become interdimensional. But I've also heard too that you know, like I live where I live is the start of the Highway of Tears. 
the most yeah, southern yeah. part okay. of, of the Highway of Tears. And and I have heard from other First Nations people that they do believe that maybe as many as 20 to 30% of the women who have never been seen again have been taken as Sasquatch wives. Now, I'm not saying that to, to, to play down the situation because we do know there are a bunch of... Um, murderers out there who are claiming these innocent women who are just trying to get home. But one of the ladies who I was talking to about this actually stated that if you, if you go back, many of the women were within a year, they were either pregnant or within a year uh, from pregnancy of, of uh, giving birth or within days of their menstrual cycle. Okay. Oh, sorry. Uh, is it? Uh, no, you're hello? fine. You're fine. We still got you, unless your phone just died. I hope his phone didn't die. Maybe it did. Maybe it did. We'll wait for him to come on back on that. But this is a deep conversation regarding what Sasquatch is. Very deep conversation regarding what it is. Because we're dealing with cultures here, like the Cree, which Travis William Ustus is, who has been dealing with this for hundreds of years. Hundreds, hundreds of years. With Volkswagen vehicles like these, there's no need for drama or second guessing. That's because there's a Volkswagen that's a perfect match for your lifestyle. Like the joyful Taos, versatile Tiguan, sporty Jetta, stylish Atlas Crossport, and family-sized Atlas. Plus, the Taos has over 50 standard features, including LED headlights, turbocharged engine, and an 8-inch Volkswagen digital cockpit. Visit your local Volkswagen dealer today to learn more about our vehicle lineup. FanDuel presents Sunday Victories. Four seconds to go in the first half. Snack assessment? Bleak. All salsa, no chips. As host to a room full of hungry fans, it's your duty to get to the store and back before the second half kicks off. So you throw on your running slash lawnmower shoes and think back to the time you ran an eight-minute mile in high school. Your feet move with a weightlessness that you will certainly feel tomorrow. At the store, you grab seven bags of chips and silently thank the genius who invented self-checkout. Tap in your reserve, you run home and dive onto the couch. A clean 15 on the clock. You bet, and you won in the game of life, my friend. Now, if you want to bet on the game of football, try FanDuel. New customers get a no-sweat first bet and get up to $1,000 back in free bets if you don't win. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Louisiana. Permitted Paris is only. First online real money wager only. Refund issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Where do they take them? Where do they take people? Are they even taking people? We're going to wait for um, Travis to get his connection back right at that important time. But, I mean, the fact that, you know, these Sasquatch beings that they have, you know, can transform themselves and head to the stars and recharge their own batteries, much like a Tesla on the moon, which I'm not sure they're paying the extra energy costs for i mean that is just absolutely incredible 
incredible. And uh, we got uh, Travis here. Uh, there we go. Travis, how you doing? Did your phone die there? Yeah, I'm sorry. I apologize for that. Uh, my phone all of a sudden was just, it didn't even give me the warning. It just all of a sudden, whoop, gone. Uh, that's so, okay. Anyway, I'm back. Uh, you're saying um, I, uh, a lot of these disappearances from people could be uh, a, a strange occurrence or supernatural causes, right? Well, what I had heard from from a couple of people down on the coast, one lady had, had lost her cousin up on the Highway of Tears, that that many, maybe as 20 to 30% had been taken as Sasquatch wives. Oh. Okay. And, and a lot of the ladies who were, have been taken and never found were either on their menstrual cycle, pregnant, or within a year of giving birth, like had already given birth and the child was less than a year old. Because I, yeah. I, I, from what I, what she was telling me was that the natural odor of a woman is very attractive, is a very attractive scent to the Sasquatch. And this is why, you know, even today, many Sasquatch researchers, if they are women, will not go out in the field during that cycle. Yeah, this is, this is very true. Um, yeah, this whether or not if it's for that, I can't, I can't, I can't, uh, you know, I, you know, I don't have any word on that. But, but what it is though, what I was going to say though is, uh, yeah, they are very attracted to that kind of thing. And be, like I said, these beings do exist. Like uh, they are very territorial. Like uh, my buddy has uh, given me stories, like where you know that it, it made my arm, my hairs on my arm stand up. Where I'm just like listening to him, and he's telling me how it's just like breathing really heavily. Adam and he's like, okay, I better back up and get the hell out of here. Well, get out of here, right? And uh, and he did, right? And um, so, but like I'm just saying is like these things are they are they are real beings as well. Like they are real beings, but I'm just saying is uh, they have spirits as well, and those spirits are highly dimensional too. And uh, sometimes, like I said, they'll visit you in these uh, dreams or ceremonies or different kind of like they'll come into sweats. And sometimes people will be given the names um, of Bigfoot or because uh, they have a connection with them or they could have a connection with that or or the natural world as it is you know and uh, access these higher frequencies that exist within nature in itself the plants and the rocks and you know just in everything in itself you know water so is dogman then a bro- yes. brother or sister to the sasquatch these uh these cryptids uh, even though we would want to like loop them like that i I, I would I would give it its own class of of uh, per se because like a person wouldn't just go out there and become a Bigfoot you know what I mean like uh I've like I said uh, there are stories of people when they've left the tribe and they've actually went out there and become the dog man like they've decided to become the wild man again and just they grow they become like they have like literally become monsters like a like dog man like running around and the ability to shape shift and maneuver into different animals and trick people and yeah yeah they attack okay. and stuff. And, Okay, then that leads to my next question regarding this. If they are doing that, are are they would they then become the equivalent of, you know, medicine men and women who have gone rogue or bad, much like we see yeah. with Wendigo or skinwalkers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, see these Wendigo um sometimes they will become uh, bad medicine like medicine men will become overtaken by these spirits and these spirits will become they they'll literally become creatures in themselves like they'll eat the 
literally the flesh off their fingers and become like like knives like bones like they'll chisel out their bones and make them like points and and uh they have some sort of like um uh they do some sort of modification to their throat but all of a sudden they're like they're just these beings of just of just like total like chaos like you'll hear them screaming in the woods they'll be like and uh the old man he'd hear this eh and he'd have to get up and go fight it whatever time you know even if it was a night See, years ago, when people would eat and travel, like with, they'd be nomadic, right? They'd hunt, and if they kill, make a, like they get a big kill, they'd have camp. They'd eat. They'd have the camp there and eat the whole animal before make, like getting set up and moving to the next place. And then, um, so like if they're there eating this animal, it'd smell that and come out there and come calling to fight and uh, or to kill. And if the old man died or say the warrior died, then uh, this creature would come in and eat everyone, the whole family, and sit there and eat the people. Until they were all dead, every bone, everything. Why would everything. why would one turn on their own people like that? It's uh, it's a, it's like I said, it's uh, they they locked into some sort of negative force. Um, like there's a like like um, the best way I can explain it, like the light and dark, right? Uh, when they went more into that darkness, darker forces, it, it literally overtakes takes them because we're all beings of light. So it just takes them, and uh, literally sometimes these. Met bad medicine or bad users of dark they have to keep using it or else they will die you know what i mean so um it eventually becomes like uh almost like uh how do you call it like their their obligation to do evil you know what i mean so um these people the, like it like it's an obligation for a medicine man to do good you know there's all these like you know little things like this but uh so these people like i said one time this is years ago this is another ancient story of the wendigo and uh, one was this one medicine man was like he became one and he was going after there's it, it was a target group of the tribe. But there was like eight medicine men from different societies there this time. Right. And uh, the, the warriors that were out hunting for this feast and the ceremony, they encountered a Wendigo and he screamed real loud, so loud that the warriors, their ears bled and their eyes bled. They, they were stuck frozen while this thing just walked up and just smoked off their heads. And literally, these being like the one that was able to get away, the youngest one that was kind of far away, heard it all. He went running back to the camp and told them. So the medicine men had to gear up with another another war party, I should say, and uh, they had they had spiritual tools to take it out and capture it. So this time they went out, and uh, the warriors were encountering it, and it was just running through the trees real fast, like couldn't be seen. And uh, these warriors are having a real hard time. But my great great grandfather, Mustas, headman Mustas, he he was able to see in the dark, so he was able to fight these things that night, and uh, he was able to capture it. And he hid behind a tree and he captured it with this big buffalo, blessed buffalo robe, and all the eight medicine, all the warriors all jumped, and we all had to hold it down while they tied him up with this rope that was also blessed by the spirits to hold him. And uh, they captured him and they brought him back to the camp and they tied him to this the biggest spruce tree in the camp. And uh, they had a ceremony to ask the spirits what to do with this. And uh, and during the ceremony, the, with the Windigo, he ended up throwing up three icicles into the ground. And, um, and the ceremony ended and the spirit said, the medicine men have to grab these icicles and whoever it melts for has to be the one to kill it because that's who he, is. he was sent for by the evil ones. So all the medicine men had turns picking up these icicles and none of them melted. And then as soon as my great-great-grandfather picked up the icicle, it just melted. So he just grabbed this tomahawk and just off with the head of that creature. 
and they ended up having to bury it and and uh, do certain ceremonies and whatnot to get rid of its spirit for good too. And uh, but yeah, like I said, these uh, these beings are are real and they do exist. But a lot of those ways they that you know they've been lost and you know good riddance for that, right? So so are, they, are, are you saying then that Dogman, along with Windigo or Skinwalkers, are immortal? The, the spirit is, unless you know how to kill it spiritually, too. That's why these weapons and these things have to be blessed. Because if you can just kill it, you're just going to kill the host. You won't kill the spirit. The spirit will go off and make its way into another person and infect the world still. Okay. I understand that the spirit is immortal, but that's that's what I had always heard about, about Wendigos and, and Skinwalker was that they were immortal and that and their price for immortality was basically murder. Murder of animals, yeah. murder of people. Uh you know, and and you're I I'm surprised you're putting Dogman in that category. Well, like I said Dogman is like uh is a is a person who can go and become it. Like I'm just saying these people are becoming these spirits. They're their own category, definitely. Windigo, uh Dogman, uh Skinwalker I, I would kind of line that up with the same thing as the Wendigo, though. I I put them in the same category, okay. but definitely not Dogman. Dogman can just become a wild person, uh, and just he just lives his life out in the in in the wilderness kind of deal. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh I'm not losing. No. Well, oh, we're gonna, we're, we're gonna go to break here. I'm gonna mute you here because so that way we don't get the beeping. Uh, but uh, we're gonna go to break here at the uh, bottom or make that at the top of the hour. I don't know why I keep confusing that, but. That's just the way it is, and I, I'm just going to tell you, we are in for one heck of a good show tonight. Travis Willier Moustous is here from the Cree Nation in just just in northern Alberta, here in Canada, and the stories he has and the encounters that he has, we're going to continue on with the ET talk, with all the sorts of talk that we need here uh, throughout the show tonight. And you know what? It's a great night for a lot of weird questions, and we are getting them tonight. Man, this is why we're booking him later this month as well for a lot of paranormal stories. Spaced Out Radio, second hour, will return right after this, so stay tuned. We got more with Travis Mustus, and we're going to get more into the star people on the Mighty SOR, hour two. Coming up right after this. All right, we're clear. Dirty Filth, I'm going to turn this over to you, my sexy artist friend. Ooh, thanks. No problem. You got the conch, man. What are you doing? What am I doing? I'm going to have a break here. Uh, so, uh, oh, I hope we're, <laughs> Hey, we're at a hey, Travis, we're at break right now. So if you Excellent. want, if you, if you, let's tone you down for a couple of minutes, uh, just, uh, I'm going to take you off stream. So that way your phone has time to charge. Okay. Hey, sounds good. Sounds really good. Okay. Be right back. All right, dirty. It's all yours, man. Here goes Dave. Is, but is he driving a bright white sports car? I don't think so. Oh, let's... 
Yes, put your questions in cap locks so Dave can ask the questions that are of importance. Okay, so this is uh, we got here. Uh, oh, I got the book somewhere. Nonetheless, we're doing we're doing the Vodnik. That's what we're doing today. Sorry, my stupid mouse keeps sliding off the table. That's what happens when you live in a shoe. So anyways, Vodnik lives around streams and waters. And he drowns people. But sometimes the souls... And he keeps the souls in little tiny bottles. This is the Reader's Digest version. And then... Sometimes when you're standing there and you see a pool of water that's just after a rainstorm or something, and you see a little bubble come up, apparently that's a soul escaping a vodnik. Vodnik. Yes. I found it in some strange book. There's not even any... I think it's from like a game of some sort, but nonetheless... Thought it was pretty cool, and I've always kept that book because I collect books. So I never actually drew one until today. Apparently, he's green skinned and he's got a green jacket, and one coat tail's wet and the other one isn't. He wears red, red shoes. Apparently, he smokes. Found some pictures with and without smoking. So I was just gonna hold off on the on that for the time being. That's my thought process. Is it here? Ramble into the microphone. We're going to give him some brown britches. It's kind of muddy. Muddy pants. Look at those slimy pants. He's probably never washed them. Oh, he's got webbed fingers. I think I said that. And webbed toes. But I mean, I guess if he wears red boots all the time and he's got webbed feet as, or toes as well, someone's got to have seen him with his shoes off. That's just... It's a mystery. It was probably a soul that escaped from his... From his underwater lair. probably would have some embroidery or something on there too. Something really tacky just because. If it wasn't tacky, you'd have to just make it a little bit tacky. I mean like green skinned fellow with a webbed fingers and junk. Actually webbed fingers would be good because then you could go swimming and you, you just crush everybody in swimming competitions. That's what I do. All right. And most of the pictures I've seen, he's got gray, grayish, blackish, brownish hair. That's not even a color. That's just a mishmash of hodgepodgery. But we'll, we'll give him some. Looks good, some, dirty. Some grayness, and we'll 
We'll give him a little whiskey jack beard too. Yeah, very nice. You never go wrong with a little whiskey jack beard. We got about one minute here. Okay. I didn't belch your swear once, Dave. You should wow. be proud of me. Wow, I, I am proud of you. Impressive. I am proud. All right, we got about uh, 45 seconds. Uh, Evan Walters, don't piss me off, Dave, as I'm shaving your beard when you pass out from drinking in Vegas. That's funny because I'll be sober. But I might let you shave the beard anyways. You never know. You never know. I'd do that for you, Ev. All right, big thank you to both Linda and Cat Chaser for the awesome Super Chats tonight. The Super Chat is a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis, so thank you so much. Also, don't forget that May 19th to 21st, 2023, the second annual Las Vegas SOR Fan Party is going. We're going to have more information for you soon. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Here we go with hour number two of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. We very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hi to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Megistotherm. Megistotherm is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets a password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show. And on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. Travis Willier is here talking about Cree Nations Legends from the star people all the way down to Bigfoot Dogman. There are legends galore that he is sharing with us, and we are very honored to have Travis as part of tonight's show. Thank you so much for joining us, Travis. It's just wonderful to be here, man, and I'm so happy to be here. So, like I said, I'm uh, I'm happy to share all these stories, and I've been saving a lot of them for this show, so uh, I'm happy to finally have this day, I guess, or night. <laughs> Well, we're glad that you are here as well, my friend. And, and you know, right before the break, we were talking about Bigfoot and Dogman and, and where they come from, what they're about. And I want to shift gears here to your own experiences with star people because this is pretty incredible, the stories that you have had over the years with your own experiences. When was your first contact? The first contact, like I said, uh, would have to be uh... – when I was doing my uh, vision quests and whatnot, like I was getting a lot of in, like intel and downloads from the stars. Like, uh, there's a few few different kind of styles of vision quests. Um, uh, the the ones that most people think are normal, but our creep people the way we do them is we call them star lodges. 
because uh, during the night, the stars bring us the messages. So um, I was I was being visited uh, a lot after that, uh, getting different uh, type of dreams and downloads over the years. Uh, different little things would pop out to me um, in stars, like in, in terms of like uh, plasma, kind of looking like it just looked like a star, right? But moving and, uh, you know, different kind of fl a flight pattern than an average, like, you know, meteor or or I should say, um, you know, satellite or any kind of, you know, known aircraft at the time. So, like I said, I've been experiencing a lot of these over the years and seeing some during the day, but also during our ceremonies. We've had a lot of them uh, when we pray to them. Uh, we've had a few people uh, being healed by them in our sweat lodges. They literally, uh, uh, and like when we're in there, it looks like a form of energy, just like a, like an orb, you know what I mean, flying around this like pink orb was flying around and it was like entering into people and healing them. And, and then it went back up through the top of the FanDuel presents Sunday victories. Four seconds to go in the first half. Snack assessment, bleak, all salsa, no chips. As host to a room full of hungry fans, it's your duty to get to the store and back before the second half kicks off. So you throw on your running slash lawnmowing shoes and think back to the time you ran an eight-minute mile in high school. Your feet move with a weightlessness that you will certainly feel tomorrow. At the store, you grab seven bags of chips and silently thank the genius who invented self-checkout. Tap in your reserve, you run home and dive onto the couch. A clean 15 on the clock. You bet, and you won in the game of life, my friend. Now, if you want to bet on the game of football, try FanDuel. New customers get a no-sweat first bet and get up to $1,000 back in free bets if you don't win. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Louisiana. Permitted Paris only. First online real money wager only. Refund issued is non-withdrawable free bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation is building its do-good village in Lando Lakes, Florida. It's the first of its kind, a community of 110 homes for the Foundation's program recipients. So together, families can heal. So together, families can help one another. A special place where families know that their neighbors understand and care. Make the Do Good Village the first of many. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Sweat Lodge. Um, the guy who was doing the the uh, fire keeping, uh, Scepios, uh, doorkeeper, he was, uh, he was like saying that there was this cloud that just flew over the sweat lodge right above it. And there's just like emanating energy waves that were just coming down into the sweat lodge. And I believe that's that energy like the, that he came down through the portal and uh, was healing people in the sweat lodge with that. So, Wow. Wow. Yeah. So the beings that you were in contact with, are they more humanoid or are they the greys or, or are you in tune with a, a multitude of, of different beings? We like to refer to them as the ultra terrestrials, uh, just because there's just a vast, vast expanse of many different type of beings across the uh, galaxy, the universe. Uh, we believe that all the animals too on this planet come from different places of the galaxy and the universe. You know, not only here are these planets are these animals unique, as I should say. Um, but what I'm getting at too is, uh, yeah, no, uh, we've we've encountered greys. Like I've had. We've had um, like ceremonies like out in Canada where people were actually leaving leaving them gifts and they'd come down in their ships and pick them up and go back to the stars and and uh, yeah these are like real traditional ceremonies and uh, 
And uh, not only that, but uh, they'd come and visit in dreams. Like I've had a few encounters with them and, and uh, you know, in dream time. And, you know, I, I've woken up and, you know, like uh, like I said, I woke up naked on a table one time and, and uh, they all start like running and laughing. I'm like, hey, come back here. You're like trying to capture them and chase them around the ship. And then uh, all of a sudden I entered in a room of light. I think it was just a, like a trick to get me in that room somehow. But I walked in the room and all of a sudden just when I woke up back in my bed and I just felt cold, you know, what I mean? like I'm just cold as like as if I left the window open during winter and 40 minus 40 was outside. But uh, yeah, no, like there's been these experiences that, uh, like I said, uh, are just like I call them visitations. Uh, I would I didn't have a I didn't think it was a bad experience at all um, in terms of like uh, other other stories I've heard from other fellow medicine uh, practitioners or people that have been in the spiritual, uh, I should say, walk of life our road um have told me of, of their experiences and um they they gave me like they allowed me to share this with the with the world too they um he said when he was out on his uh his vision quest the star came down and uh he was allowed to enter into the star and there was beings on board and these beings were they looked uh, they looked like this like these all right and uh oh i had this one upside down but yeah they look like these and um and uh, they they were bringing them around all sort all over Vancouver and showing them the streets and they're like uh, we want you to heal these people and walk uh, and walk this road of spirituality we want you to heal the you know all these why are they sick like this they didn't know they didn't understand man made drugs and all these like uh, things that like people are are you know like the you know like uh, pretty much uh, the human race is infected with you know and uh, so he wanted them they wanted him to go heal them and so they they upgraded his ability to heal people within the spiritual world in the sense of that. And, uh, and like they brought him along, they showed him all over Toronto and all over the stars, they brought him around the moon and stuff. And they actually dropped him back down to where he was praying and brought him back. And uh, yeah, he was, he was a spiritual man right until he made his next journey into the, to the next life, the next cycle. My goodness, that is an awesome, awesome story. And let us, uh, let us not be remiss that Vancouver in certain areas needs a lot of healing. It really does yeah. need a lot of healing. The idea that many people, myself included, who have been taken and had interactions with extraterrestrials or ultra-terrestrials, whether it's been good, bad, or ugly, is something that haunts us. You know, on Saturday night, I was out in the forest and having a great time watching a bunch of satellites fly over. Uh, the energy at my Sasquatch gifting site was completely different than it was the week before where there was something very scary in the area. And I went to bed that night and had an extraterrestrial dream. And it woke me up wide awake at 5.30 in the morning. I don't do 5.30 in the morning, okay, uh, unless it's hockey practice or I'm traveling somewhere or I'm going fishing. I don't do 5.30 in the morning. And the idea behind that is, you know, I mean, it was a very psychedelic type dream. And this is where I get confused because a lot of times my own interactions start off at dreams before I feel that gravitational pull to where the, I can feel they're taking me. Have you ever yeah. had that? 
Oh, yes, 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 yes. And uh, you almost want to just reach out and grab it back, right? Or, or at least, like, uh, you're fighting your way out of it or something like that. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. They become very lucid. Yes. Yeah, I've, um, like I said, I've, like, the, aside from that gray, the gray alien dream, um, I've had plenty of other ones where I've been uh, visited by my uncle, for example. Um, even this is, like, shortly after he passed, and he was able to come visit me and, uh, he was showing me a book of paintings and I was like looking at it and I was just blown away by all these masterful paintings. And, and then, uh, and then I was like, sure, I'll, you know, maybe this is a sign. So I started painting and that's actually really like, kind of like where I started, uh, really getting into painting. I never painted at all before in my life. And then I just kind of started like, like a year ago, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but yeah, I know, like I said, dreams are very powerful and they bring messages of all sorts of like, uh, these are your connections on that kind of level are, are across the universe and dimensions. And, um, that, and this is what I was going to get around to is like how when we're able to have these extra sensitive, high sensi- sensitivity um, moments in our life where we're actually able to see the cryptids or see the dimensional beings or the feel the energies of, of Earth itself and the stars, um, you know, like these moments are, are usually connected, well, they go hand in hand. And uh, like I said, a lot of times, these, like ceremonies that we do, and we'll experience the cryptids, or they'll come, uh, or the spir- even the animal spirits will come and say hello and whatnot too, right? So, but uh, in terms of uh, other beings, like a uh, like Pleiadians and different kind of ships, I've seen so many ships like in inside of dream realms, like UFOs, and inside of uh, different kind of like uh, crafts, and uh, yeah, it's been it's been wild those kind of dreams. So. Like, uh, I can, I, I can relate to you there. Why do they only give us little snippets of memory to remember? Oh, this is all part of our, um, this is all part of our, uh, our process. Uh, everybody has their, has their own part in the medicine wheel. The best way I was told it was there's many teachings across the land and in our world and they come in many forms, uh, especially when it comes to extraterrestrials, you know, uh, whether it is like, a, you know, some information sticks out to you that's, you know, helps lead you down your path a little further. Like, you know, these are these are these forms of contact. And uh, it's it's up to us to be open to that and see that path and uh, and uh, really follow through with it. And and ultimately, I think it does lead us to a bigger picture of ourselves spiritually. Like, I feel like uh, as a society, we've we've grown far away from our own connections to not only ourselves, but to the well to the earth and the universe as a whole and harmonizing with that one of the great debates that we hear coming out of the whole political side of ufos that we've seen the last year or so is where are they coming from are they coming from other dimensions are they coming from the past are they coming from our future are they coming from space where do you uh feel they are coming from uh, see, it's a very interesting uh, way of looking at it, right? Like, uh, we, we are, as human beings, we walk this existence, both past and present, you know, and uh, and future as well, you know. Uh, we, we go into with our thoughts, the future, uh, we remember the past, and we exist in now. And uh, these three-dimensional dimension dimensional fields all coexist within uh, all, all forms of dimensions. Uh, these beings, yes, uh, they do tra- traverse the forms of energy and gravity that allow them to traverse time and, and space. And uh, so I do feel like they are coming from. Oh, I guess his phone died once again, and we will 
We will uh, wait for him to charge back up. He's in a bad signal area as he is uh, filming. He can't tell me what he's filming because there is an NDA, but he's uh, trying to broadcast tonight from a hotel. Travis Willier is our guest on tonight's show as we learn the Cree and First Nation indigenous legends of everything from star people to... Dogman, Bigfoot, the paranormal, supernatural, and Travis is is quite a legend uh, tripper when it comes to all of this. So we will uh, get him back on here momentarily once we return. I I mean this story, his stories. I mean they just seem to flow so naturally, and these are stories that he has not only experienced but that have been passed down from generation to generation of interactions with all sorts of beings that that are walking this planet, many of which we haven't even acknowledged yet and may not even know of their own true existence. I mean, that's the weird part about it. And if you talk to Travis, I mean, he'll tell you point blank that it's not all a pretty picture that is painted. There is some ugly stuff that is going on. There is some nefarious beings that are out there, tricksters, shapeshifters, you name it. And they don't want to have humanity try and, you know, strive and succeed. I mean, that is scary when it comes down to it. It's very scary when it comes down to it. And I am very fortunate enough to have talked to a lot of First Nations and Indigenous people about these subjects. And the way that the stories change from area to area is kind of intriguing to me because every every uh, reservation and, and, and group has their own feelings about these creatures. Do we have you back now for a little bit? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. My phone is, like, overheating, and if it goes down again, I'll just go on my computer while I can. If it works, I don't know. We'll see. But, um, yeah, so uh, as I was saying, the dimensional beings, uh, they like I said, they're from far expanses of the universe. Uh, they come down, and, they'll, like I said, they've been, they've been visiting us for over thousands of years. Um, like, a lot of these, like, places that are connected to them, like uh, our spiritual sites, like the Sun Temples out in Mexico or the Chicoya Mounds and... Serpent Mountain in Ohio and all these places, uh, they go back for years. Um, there's even even rock carvings out here in so- southern Alberta that depict uh, star nations and people bringing down uh, teachings of the wheel and the directions. And and uh, these are, like I said, we, we're, we feel we're very connected to the star nations and star people. Like I call them the Kakosaka Samina, so star, star beings, star people. Yours, the star beings you are dealing with seem a hell of a lot more polite than what other First Nations are going through. Uh, you know, I look at the one locally to me, like I mentioned earlier, the Canem First Nation, where they are they are tired of feeling picked on by the star people. Why have your encounters seemed to be much different? Do do these extraterrestrials or ultra terrestrials? pick and choose areas of where they're going to be uh, taking people or communicating with people? Oh, yeah. It's actually, it's a matter of people reach like the ceremonies and how the intent is reaching out, you know? Um, 
there's a lot of people who uh, who who have um, maybe not even reached out, but but they're being visited um, and they're taking it in a very wrong way, you know. And that's just the mind's interpretation because that's all they have ever experienced, right? Like um, in movies and and through different sort of forms of media, right? They're they're very uh, terrified of them and uh, freaked out. So because that's the first response that's in a movie, right? And first thing they've ever seen anyone react to, right? Uh, in terms of how they've experienced, um, uh, in terms of, uh, uh, people like, uh, being tired of the visitations and whatnot. Um, I'd say there's something there like miss like there's a message or something going on. That's a little, a little bit more, um, maybe spiritually there. Maybe they need to seek, uh, seek them like vision within themselves, you know, uh, what, you know, what, what maybe there is an answer there for them. But, uh, uh, like I said, it's all the intent and how somebody reaches out and how that is uh, answered. Because they, if you do, you know, uh, reach out to them and they do call back and they do answer back. And this is, this is a hundred percent for real. Uh, anybody's out there trying to look for UFOs and stuff like that in the sky, I just suggest uh, somewhere outside of the city, uh, you know, where you get a beautiful view of the stars and just give it a few hours. Be be thankful, study the constellations and look at the planets and the galaxies that you can see out there. Jupiter's always out there and, you know, you see Andromeda and, you know, all the all of them, you know, Booty's constellation, Cassiopeia, the bear, snake bear, all, all the, you know, all of that, right? And um, uh, these are just, like I said, uh, these uh, connections, like I said, have been throughout our history, like even like, uh, not not only in my, my people, but other people across Native America, other teachings like of the star star people and star gods, especially like, um, I like that, that image you keep sharing there, the Devil's Tower. There's an interesting story about that, an old Native Lakota tale about it, about seven maidens who, uh, who were on the run. This is like in the ancient times, and uh, the Macedons were running across North, well, across the Americas, and uh, they were out berry picking, and uh, this giant, huge bear started chasing them this big, huge, like, it was a massive bear, it was tall, taller than trees, started chasing them. And uh, so they went running to this stump, it was like a massive stump on a hill. And uh, they called it a sky gods, please help us, save us from this bear. And uh, the sky gods answered, and this, and this light made this tree, this stump, grow to the sky. And uh, they were lifted by a ship when they got to the top, because that bear was just climbing up and clawing up the mountain, that's why it left those marks, climbing up the side they're trying to chase these seven maidens and these seven maidens were brought into the stars and they were then they became the Pleiades, lady sisters so if i hear you right you you are on the side that devil's tower is a tree stump yes yes it is it is team stump we have another member of team stump right here people yes love it Love it. This makes me feel good. We have two and a half minutes before we have to go to break here at the bottom of the hour. Travis Willier is our guest tonight on Spaced Out Radio. The star beings that you deal with, they look like the grays. I think that's fair. Uh, yeah, sometimes they have different colors. I've, uh, we, Like I said, pink, orange, blue. Uh, there's been greens. <laughs> have, yeah. you, have you ever had one that is a gray but instead of black eyes, green eyes they, like our color on screen. They're blue. Yeah, dark blue. Yeah. I've but, had that. But never the green. Uh green, like I said, um it, like that would have been maybe uh no, I I've had like I'm trying to think now. I can't remember any green eyes, but the blue definitely I've seen the blue. Dark dark blue. 
Yeah. Yeah. Un- under the under the under the lens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had uh, I had uh, two times ago. I had green, green eyes, bright green fluorescent eyes, and I will never forget those eyes, ever. It's the first time that I had seen them, and um, you know, wow, wow. I'm telling you, Travis Willier is absolutely amazing here tonight. I wish our connection was a tad bit better, but his phone keeps uh, overheating on us tonight. And, you know, the beautiful part about technology is it's supposed to last a little bit a little bit longer than what it is. But, hey, he's doing his best. Uh, we're, we're getting him there. We've got about a minute to go here before we... Uh, before we uh, come on uh, the show, uh, I got to ask you, in regards to these these greys, have yeah. you have you ever encountered humanoids or mantids or anything like that? Yeah, the mantids. Yeah, no, I don't like those guys. Um, although I do like the grasshopper dimensionals, the dimensional I call them. Yeah, those guys are very artsy craft and uh, they're very intellectual. Uh, the grasshopper beings, uh, they're very friendly, uh, highly esoteric. Um, like I said, they're very, very interested in our human art and our, our imagination and creativity. Uh, uh, at the mantids, I've, I've, I don't like the kind of experiments they do. Um, I don't like the, the faction that they work with. Uh, yeah, no, they, they, they're a real problem on the dimensional realm. They still have a hive down in the inner earth and, uh, that needs to be dealt with, but, uh, in time, um, but uh, yeah, no, like uh, dimensional uh, grasshoppers been around for a long time. They've even been depicted inside of uh, cave arts in Utah, cave rock cave carvings uh, of them actually coming from inner earth. And then uh, also too, you see the spiral one, and uh, that's actually dimensionals coming out of the. I'll get I'll get you to hold on right there, Travis. We're gonna go to break here at the bottom of the hour. Travis Willier is our guest. We got him until. The next half hour, Space Out Radio, with all of us here at the Mighty SOR, continues right after this. Are you back on your computer? Is it still, is it choppy? Yeah, on my computer, is it choppy? No, it's much better. Is it? Yeah, weird. Bunch of people must yeah. have went, bunch of people I- must have went to bed. Yeah, right at the hotel. Exactly. Right. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Yeah. Oh, just wonderful. No, this has been awesome I'm so far. Charge my phone until like you know if it, if it starts getting. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Great. I'm I'm glad to hear that. Uh, I guess I'm gonna keep charging my phone until like you know in case this gets bad or something. Yeah. No worries. It's yeah. <laughs> no worries. All right, let me just uh, go through here.
So yeah, the cool thing there, um, uh, our people used to call the, the hailstorms, they used to call them the cedars. Uh, just because like the, you know, like when inside of hail, there's tiny little seeds. That's how the grass grows on top of buildings and stuff. And that's, that was found out only like later in time by science, mainstream science. But we used to call them the cedars, the hailworms. We had that understanding that the seeds were in them. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So I just figured I'd... You- FanDuel presents Sunday Victories. Four seconds to go in the first half. Snack assessment? Bleak. All salsa, no chips. As host to a room full of hungry fans, it's your duty to get to the store and back before the second half kicks off. So you throw on your running slash lawnmower shoes and think back to the time you ran an eight-minute mile in high school. Your feet move with a weightlessness that you will certainly feel tomorrow. At the store, you grab seven bags of chips and silently thank the genius who invented self-checkout. Tap in your reserve, you run home and dive onto the couch. A clean 15 on the clock. You bet, and you won in the game of life, my friend. Now, if you want to bet on the game of football, try FanDuel. New customers get a no-sweat first bet and get up to $1,000 back in free bets if you don't win. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Louisiana. Permitted Paris only. First online real money wager only. Refund issued is non withdrawable free bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Target, Pepsi, and Adobe, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. You wanted to know a little bit more about the like a mainstream science little thing there. I was kind of getting them back about there. Said you like to stick it in science face or something. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I'm not going to lie. I love it. I do have a couple questions right, here next. from our audience. So what I'm thinking is uh, – We'll take uh, we'll take a couple of questions from our audience, uh, and then um, you have something special for them. Yeah, yeah, I got a uh, I got something to show them, uh, and also uh, something to play for them. So, yeah, this is gonna be good. I think we may have to uh, go back to your phone for what you're going to play because yeah. it'll be a little bit clearer and uh, you aren't skipping much, but you're still skipping like your, your, uh, your yeah, video is freezing up, but that's okay. That's okay. We'll start off with this and then uh, we'll get you to switch on over in a little bit here. All right. 
tonight. We got about just over a minute here. All right, big thank you to Cat Chaser and Linda for the super chats tonight. Very much appreciate the love and support that you guys give SOR on a nightly basis. So thank you so much. And a big thank you to everybody who's given us thumbs up, thumbs down. We passed 19,000 subscribers tonight. I'm very thankful to each and every one of you uh, for uh, doing that for us. So thank you so much. And... uh, what an incredible run here and we love it. And, uh, don't forget you can do some shopping at our website, spacedoutradio.com on our store. We got some really, really awesome swag there for you. And, uh, we'll be right back here, uh, in about 10 seconds. So just sit back, relax, and we will make things happen right now. the halfway point on Space Down Radio tonight. Thank you so much for tuning us in. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. Want to remind you that if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Space Down Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you, including rocking out to Bumblefoot, reading Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok, 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 Spaced Out Radio. Here we go. Travis Willier is with us tonight, and we got some audience questions. I want to start off uh, right off the bat with you, Travis. And this one starts off with Bogun here. What do the Cree say about red orbs? What are they? Where are they from? Yes, this would be uh, these are these are orbs of the medicine wheel. Uh, these are colors of the medicine healing circle. Uh, we have yellow to the east, and to the south we have the red orbs, and then to the west we have blue, and then to the north we have the white, and then in the middle is the green representing Earth. Uh, these are all elements of our of our existence. Uh, east being uh, being a fire, uh, being a being being a, sorry being fire, and then the south being ground, and then the west being water, and then the north being being air, and uh, the middle being uh, like I said represents the earth, and these are all of our elements are tied into this. And uh, now that I'm talking about the medicine wheel, I might as well talk about the astronomical medicine wheel, which is also representation of our stars. So to our east, we have the rising of the sun. And then to the south, we have Jupiter, the yellow star. And then to the west, we have Venus, because when the sun sets, uh, it actually disappears into the night there. You can actually make out Venus there, it's setting in the west. And um, 
in the north, we had the Kiwi Thin Home Star, the Way Home Star, which is the North Star. And uh, upon that North Star is the, uh, and uh, to us, that's the teachings of the pipe, the seven stars, the seven virtues of our reality. And uh, we live by those virtues and they're in the star. Travis, you're starting to break up a little bit there. I know you are trying from your computer. Uh, Do us a favor. uh, Let's take you off camera, but just keep your audio going. And uh, down below on the bar uh, down below, you'll be able to see uh, uh, stop camera. And then we can, uh, a lot of times that will help in the feed. There we go. Let's try, try that out a little bit. And, oh, your camera popped back on. But um, let's go to a different question here. This one from uh, George here. And George is asking, Travis, have you experienced orb or out-of-body experiences in connection with the star people? Not sure if you heard that or not. Were you able to hear that, Travis? All right. Is that a little better? Yeah. Uh, now, uh, nope, we lost him there. We'll get him back here momentarily. We will. We're going to finish this. We're trooping it tonight on a very, very good show here tonight. There he is. Uh, all right. Uh, Travis, this this question's from oh, George here. He he's asking, have you experienced out of body experiences in connection with the star people? Oh yeah, yeah, outer body experiences definitely. Um, uh, I've been uh, I've been taken aboard ships and uh, I've seen the inside of uh, different healing rooms and uh, crystal rooms that are meant for aligning people's energies, especially the seven seven lights within our within our body and. Uh, yeah, these universal lights that are meant for healing purposes and uh, and aligning someone's spirituality so they can see into that next uh, dimension and get these, I should say, uh, downloads of inner enlightenment. Excellent. All right, let's move on to a new question. This one from Tinfoil Hatter, who is asking, what did the aliens do for you? Did they really talk to you? Uh, see, there's, uh, like, a lot of times, too, is... Uh, when I'm giving, like, sometimes during these remote viewings or these astral travels, uh, it is, like, almost like a dream. So you are almost just, like, seeing a scene or, like, uh, you're almost seeing, like, if it's, especially if it's, like, into the past, it's almost like a movie. You just kind of see it, view it. Uh, but a lot of times these uh, extraterrestrials will give you the these dreams. And, like I said, uh, sometimes they will talk to you uh, telepathically, though. Um, uh, a lot of times it's it's more or less telepathic. Excellent. Excellent. One more question for you tonight from the audience. This is Tony in the United Kingdom. Travis, is there a message for humanity from the friendly beings? Yes. Yes. Uh, we are all, uh, we are all keepers of the light and, uh, living on this blue star. And, uh, as humanity, we're, we are meant to live this life in harmonization with the earth and everyone around us. You know, we're, we're meant to love and respect and, uh, you know, we're meant to have courage and honesty and wisdom and humility and truth. And and uh, we're meant to leave these teachings with one another and hold the society together. And uh, we are, we're all a part of it. You know, no, there's no judgment here. We're all a part of this journey together as humans experiencing 
you know, our as spirits experiencing this human existence. And, uh, uh, but yeah, that's why they're here for us. They're here, they're here to remind us of our connections to our, our ancient past and the stars and, and how we're going to go about our lives and make the changes to benefit not only ourselves, but for the rest of humanity to live another thousand years here on this blue star. Wow. That's incredible. Now you have a little bit of a surprise for our audience tonight. You, you are going to actually uh, play something for us. Yes. uh, Yes. A picana, uh, which is a whistling, whistling stick or translation uh, can be either a whistling bone, but uh, yes, I have a nice wooden flute here. I was willing to play for all of us. And then I got a nice couple of, things to share for all of you. So Perfect. you don't mind me playing this little on. No, you go right ahead. could all feel that coming on down man i think we could all feel that energy coming off of that was beautiful thank you so much for playing that was there was there a meaning behind that that particular song that you played yes i was uh i was allowing us to reach a higher sense of our of our reality so i was uh, readying us for these uh these pictures I was going to show you from my research over the years uh, shot by myself. Uh, these are pictures I've taken of UFO crafts in the sky. And uh, uh, the embroidered shots are, are, I should say, the counterparts of these photos. So you could see the objects in like a, more of a graphic kind of style. So I'll start. I'll just start showing these. So this one was uh, 2021. And this was like more of a plasma orb flying by. So for our radio audience, let us um, let us explain, you know, what this is all about. So I'm just showing a few pictures of uh, my research um, over the over the past year of uh, embroidered shots and also uh, of uh, unedited shots of these UFO crafts that I've caught over over our natural traditional lands. And um, so the first one was a plasma orb, which looks more just like a plasma shot. So I believe that they showed me these in stages so I can actually see the crafts in their full form. You get what I mean? Kind of built up my mind to see these things. So this is this one's a, a cube, a, a morphing cube square. And uh, just because I call it that uh, is only because when you look at the embroidered shot blown up, you could kind of make out that square cube. I don't know if you see that, those distinctive lines there of the square cube. Right. All right, so I'm going to get more into it, though. So there's a, there's a bowl shape there, that one embroidered shot. And these are like 2021. And then uh, 2022, I started seeing uh, uh, almost like TR3B kind of style crafts, like uh, triangle ships with like a, like a light dome in the middle of it. Uh, but anyway, it gets better. So you can actually kind of see these dome, like this triangle shape with dome lights and embroidered shots. I mean, sorry, embroidered, embossing shots. And uh, 
here's more of a cooler one. So this is the way it builds up to me. And then I started seeing boomerang craft, like actual like craft in the sky. And this one was during the Northern Lights. And uh, this one was just flying by. And it looks kind of like, um, don't worry, it gets closer. So this is how it looked flying in the sky. Just like kind of like a, just a light. But I got closer with it with my, with my camera. And it started getting more interesting as I started getting more closer with it. And uh, so, and uh, like I said, these, uh, these shots are pretty incredible. Uh, this is the embossing shot of the object. If there was no object there, it'd be just a flat, there would be nothing there to see. Um, the, these are like, here's it, here's it more blown up. But uh, so yeah, these are, this was this year actually that I seen that one. And then uh, this was taken last week. This was a cube in the sky. Um, I don't know how, how, this one's kind of bad to see there, but uh, anyway, the cube embossing shot, actually, you could see the, the cube sitting there in the sky like that. It was during the day, so it was like, it was just, just you know, just passing by. So I built you all up for this next bit here. So this was at our, like I said, they they like to watch people, like or not watch people, but they like to like see people uh, doing good in their lives and living harmoniously with the earth, and they like to see people taking that honest step towards uh, reclaiming of the earth in a more spiritual and aligned way with the universe and harmonization. So this was this year at our powwow. And uh, this is the, this is how the Northern Lights looked at our powwow. See, it was normal. It was just a normal night. And then I was lucky enough to, to get this one. So check out this. Uh, I don't know where the camera is. Uh, Spray it down it? a little bit. Right there. Uh, there it is. Oh, you got another V or boomerang shape flying within the northern lights. Yes. And it's above the teepees and everything, too. Like, it's flying there. My goodness. That is incredible. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the portal it exited out of is clear in the sky. In the northern lights, you could literally see the eye in the sky as a blue orb. But yeah, they like I said, they they they're they're willing to show themselves the people who are connecting on this higher level, and uh, they want people to uh, align themselves with the universe and the earth, and so we can all grow together to make it to the fifth world. Because right now we're in the fourth, and then uh, it's a journey to make it to the fifth one together. That is incredible. That is incredible. You know, I mean, to be able to see a boomerang shape flying through the sky into a portal that is covered by the northern lights, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. And uh, like I said, it's uh, it's it's all a connection. It's all of us. Like, we're all, like like... We're this human family, and uh, we have our star ancestors there looking down on us, ready for us to, you know, make the changes to make that connection to the universe and uh, make, become one with the, with the Earth again. And, and uh, this is the journey. This did, is the light, and that's the message. Did anybody else from the powwow see that boomerang? Uh, see, that's, like, what I mean, though, is, like, people uh, were out there taking pictures, but this is, like, closing night, like, everybody was got, already gone home, the ceremony was, like, kind of, like, over, but we did our honoring songs and everything, kind of, like, uh, just, just before that, kind of, like, to commemorate the powwow for the years to come, kind of, like, honoring, bringing that energy to, to, so it happens year after year for another three years, right, because we built that arbor this year, and, uh, 
like I said, we built it with no no nails. We did it traditional, roped up everything together, and uh, yeah, we had a wonderful powwow this year. And uh, like I said, the Star Nation was there <laughs> as well. And uh, and uh, that, yeah, like I said, it was just a, to us, it's a great sign like that they're there watching us, watching over us. And, seems a little and, too uh, seems a little too coincidental. The energy of the powwow <laughs> and uh, you know saying hello to the Star people, and they do like a like a snowbird's flyover. You know, as a, yeah. as a thank you. I mean, that's that's pretty incredible. Oh yes, yes, that was. Uh, yeah, no, like like that for me. That that picture there is like, uh, like I said, it's it's all the more uh, connection to the stars and our our people for the four directions and of the of not only of the light but also of the universe, right? So this is uh, uh, this is just where I'm where I'm at with it, man. Like, uh, my spirituality, like I said, I walk this every day of my life. Like it, there's no, uh, there's no turning it off. I just, uh, I'm, I am who I am. And, uh, on this, uh, you know, extraordinary journey of this knowledge. Right. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm here just to, uh, share some of my stories and, so, uh, you know, and, and, uh, send a good message out there about the ET and, uh, our true connection to them, our ancient connections that go back thousands and thousands of years. And, uh, and, it's it's i'm not you know like i said it's uh i'm just kind of getting to you know a little bit of it so far you know what i mean there's so much more i haven't shared yet but uh yeah no like i said it's been a it's been a wonderful experience with everything so well many um, in our chat room have been asking tonight where can people find you do you have a youtube channel i know you're on facebook where where can people find your work and and all of your photos and everything Okay. Um, I do have a page on Facebook, uh, the Four Directions, or Four Directions UFO Society. You can join there. It's a free group to join. Uh, you can reach out to me on Facebook, uh, Travis, Travis Willier Mustas. Um, this is like, I'm, I'm actually willing to reach out to all the, all the elders out there, Star Nation elders out there across Turtle Island. You know, if you guys want to connect with me and, uh, we can, uh, you know, maybe, uh, discuss some of these tales and stories more further. And, uh, I'm willing to do that as well. Um, for all the young people out there in the future that are listening to these words, uh, you know, uh, don't stop. I encourage you to keep digging deeper into this uh, ancient knowledge of ours, and uh, it will only bring you more closer to not only not only our ancient past, but to the universe, and that's uh, that's our home, everyone's home. So, all right, let's get to one more question for you. This one from the United Kingdom and our good friend Nell, and she is asking Travis, what are the cubed craft? They actually come from world. Um, the cube craft are uh, like almost like like beings in themselves. The the cubes, um, like uh, like I said, I've uh, I've remote viewed and seen in the astral realm these like cube dimensions and these things are the like almost like uh, like they're almost like data particles in physical form. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's what they're interested in is collecting data of the universe and uh, and sorting it all out by the by the micro scale. I guess I should say. All right. Well, it's time for us to play the top five. So we're going to do the top five questions that we have for you tonight, Travis. Here we go. And now, here is the top five questions for our guest tonight. All right. Top five questions with Travis Willier tonight. Travis, number one. 
Have plans for the outdoors? Make the memories last with Orca coolers and drinkware. Orca coolers are built to be as strong as the adventures you take them on. That's why they have a lifetime warranty while giving you world-class temperature retention. Orca's premium drinkware offers the same high quality, keeping your drinks icy cold or hot for hours. Their tumblers and martini cup are perfect companions for your next outdoor adventure. Go to orcacoolers.com and use promo code 15 for 15% off your order. That's orcacoolers.com, promo code 15. Hey there, I'm David Novak. I ran Taco Bell, KFC, and Pizza Hut. And like you, I'm always learning so I can be the best leader I can be. That's why I started How Leaders Lead, the first leader-to-leader podcast with CEOs from Target, Pepsi, and Adobe, and greats like Tom Brady, Jim Nance, and Jack Nicklaus. You'll learn how to win, how to bounce back, and how to lead. So listen to How Leaders Lead wherever you listen to podcasts. It's the best podcast on leadership you'll ever listen to. From the culture that you do with the Cree Nation, what bugs you about mainstream science when it comes to UFOs or paranormal? Um, uh, I guess just the first uh, jump to fear. You know, that first jump to fear, uh, like there's no there's no room to question it. It's almost like uh, guns first. You know, I don't like that. I don't like that kind of concept, I guess. So you think that basically it's it's you know there's too much of this this threat narrative going on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's almost a little bit of uh it's kind of getting a little ridiculous at sometimes, you know, I kind of laugh like at some of the headlines and things I read out and uh and uh but it's like, you know, you hear about it and you're kind of like, well, you know, it's I can understand it, but at the same time it's like uh the first thing to jump to fear and I I I guess I just don't like that bit. All right, question, question number two right. for you. What's your scariest experience? Uh, I guess the scariest experience was uh, remote viewing Atlantis, the portal in uh, the Bermuda Triangle, uh, tr- uh, the pyramid down there. Uh, down there was like some, it was like a me- like a huge megalithic creature that just, it almost like, um, like I want to say like almost like a giant starfish almost or something like a tentacle-like creature, but it, it freaked the hell out of me at first, but then uh, I realized I was like kind of like like it was so small to it, I I was I wasn't even seen by it. But uh, getting down there and seeing the city was kind of nice. All right. Now, question number three: Being of your heritage, what is your favorite story that one of the elders has has told you that you love to pass on? Okay. Uh. Yeah, uh, I've had a I've had a bunch of them. There's so many to tell, and I they're all valuable in their own way. Uh, I guess the best teaching, well, not the best teaching, but uh, uh, I guess it would be to uh, honestly the best teaching I heard recently was uh, the only thing that like it's all in a book. Everything you read, it, those that's just paper, you know. What's really up, what really matters is in the sky, in the land around you. And what's in the inner earth and uh and uh, exploring that within yourself before seeking book knowledge or any of that like seeking that astrally spiritually and connecting with the earth and and uh that was the probably the best teaching because then like i said i started walking that road and it started leading me more into all these deeper connections with not only this like i said not only the land but also star nation these other dimensional routes and beings and you name it so out of all the creatures 
that you have been taught about, which creature would you like to see or experience time with the most? Hmm. That, that's a really good question. Um, I would have to say, uh, I guess I would have to say the yeah. There's just too many of them. I I uh, I, I just I no no answer to that one really. Um, I've I've hung out with so many different dimensional beings. It's always like it's never it's always a surprise to me. It's always something new. And um, like I said, the you know it's it's uh, usually a blessing or a message. So um, come on, no gnomes. <laughs> you don't want to party with the gnomes in the underworld. All right, like yeah. All right, so um, yeah, the, like the little people, they were they're not bad at all. Are are like you know like uh, they're always there. I you know we you, we leave them offerings regularly, uh, ceremonies for them all the time, and uh, yeah, the, the little people are great. Um, you know they're joyous, uh, wondrous beings. Uh, when you're on that high heightened level, uh, they know when you're there mischievously, and they'll actually follow you back to your place and cause mischief in your life and. Uh, a lot of people they don't want to they don't want to mess with them. A lot of native people they don't want to mess with them. Or they'll you know like we'll find houses and stuff like that. We'll leave them you know or we'll leave them offerings there. Or you know what I mean. But they'll never mess with them. Uh, it goes back to um, ancient times when we had to help them out and save them from the cranes and stuff that were eating them. They were at war with them and we had to like bring them into the forest and help them live amongst us because they used to make they used to live in nests. Believe it or not, on the shorelines they just had nests like by water. Oh, and, wow. And uh, wow. little houses and whatnot, but we brought them into the woods to live with us because they were getting attacked by all the big birds and stuff, and cranes and like, swans and stuff like that. They're not too nice, you know. <laughs> all right, final question, and we got about thirty-five seconds here for you, so time is uh, winding down. If you had one message to share from the uh, the star people for the people of Earth, what is that message? That would be to, uh, they would be to, uh, that is weird. That is totally weird. His signal cut out right as he was about to answer that question. That is so weird. That's what I love about this show sometimes is when things like that happen. Maybe we're not meant to know the answer. But what we do know is in hour number three, Swamp Dweller's going to be here. So is little Timmy Senor for the UFO report. Spaced Out Radio continues after this. By God, that was weird. That was so weird. Oh, it just makes me shake. He still hasn't come back yet. He had a weird look on his face right before that. Oh, I don't know. Oh, here he is. Did yeah, they- I'm back. I'm sorry about that. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm back on my computer. My phone just literally it's done. Dude, <laughs> dude they didn't want they didn't want you answering that question. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Um, it would be just to align yourselves to, uh, to you, find that inner. You, you inner talk dimension, to my audience. You talk to my audience. I'll be right back. Okay. Uh, 
yes, um, it would be to align yourself with uh, with the earth and uh, to flow with it, to harmonize with the universe, to find these inner dimensions within yourself, to believe in these remote viewings and the things that you see, you know, um, these forms of, uh, when they start to make contact with you, messages, you'll get the urge to, um, you know, you have all this energy. You're like, what do I do with it? You know, you know, and my, I encourage you to draw, to write, to paint, to, to um, meditate on it, you know, to really write down your meditation afterward. Because uh, there's things in there that are going to be, you know, that you're going to look back at and go, whoa, hey, I did see that. Or I did, you know, think this did come up. And then you start realizing that you're having these connections to the universe. And this is also through them. And uh, this is what they also do is help you bridge that. Uh, most of the time, people don't get abducted. Uh, you just get visions. And um, like I said, these beings are there. They're high, of higher dimensional value to us. And uh, they, they really will help you reach that next level of your of, of all of our journey. And, um, and that's the biggest message from them is uh, is to believe in yourself, connect with yourself and to uh, to not to not indulge in, uh, in anything that brings your vibration down. You know what I mean? Like uh, any toxins, you know, stay away from any of that, you know, live a, live a clean life, you know, find the foods that give you life, you know, life giving foods, you know, like um, what I mean by that, like, don't eat like uh, things that are going to make you feel, you know, terrible. Eat something that's going to give you more of a life force or energy to go about it. And it's just all going to play with uh, pl play on top of each other. And, uh, it will make a better lifestyle for everyone and yourself. And and um, my big prayer is that everybody here is ready to receive them, that their that their hearts and their and their minds are open to them with with uh, respect and the love and uh, honesty and the humility and and you know and uh, the wisdom. And I, I pray that everyone is okay out there and and uh, that that uh, when they do make these connections, that it's an easy one and, and uh, that everybody figures out how to understand it and. Uh, and not only that, but uh, as well as like, I'd like to say thanks just to all the ancestors that were here hearing my words today and helping me remember these teachings and these uh, these things that I speak. Because like I said, it is my life and I just walk this path, this journey. Um, it's not like where I just turn this computer off and it's over, you know, <laughs> and like it's on all the time for me. Um, this dimensional world, this this world of, uh, of, of this spiritual value, you know, this connection that we all have. I just wanted to say thank you, everybody, for listening out there and to all the people that were on this show uh, still alive and also in the spirit world that still walk with us. Um, you know, it's a, it's an honor to be on this show amongst all the greats and the legends that were on the show speaking. Um, I'm so happy here to be here to speak for my, not only my people, but some of the nations across Turtle Island and some of our connections to the ancient past. I'm so thankful to all my relations, not only here on Earth, but also in the ultra world, the ultra terrestrials, the star people. So I'd like to say uh, thank you, everybody, so much hey, for Travis, all that. Hey, before and, you uh, go, once again, I'm going to get my uh, my booking team to get a hold of you again to get you a date later this month so we can go over some paranormal and supernatural-type stories uh, that you have collected over the years and some of your favorite hauntings and paranormal investigations. So it's going to be awesome. That's a whole other world of that, man. So I got a, yeah, I got another, another great show for all of you then. 
for everyone. Normally, so. I don't, uh, and I'll tell you, dude. Normally, I do not bring guests back that quick, but there's something special about you. We need more. We need more, my friend. Well, I'm happy to be here and share some of these tales and legends and stories and teachings and you know you Beautiful. name it. So. Beautiful. Uh, lots of love coming from the chat room uh, for you tonight, Travis. Thank you for being awesome. Thank you for uh, taking the time to join us. And you and I will stay in touch, and you'll hear from our booking team here uh, this week uh, to try and get you on in the next week or two, okay? Excellent. I'm, I'm thrilled already. All right, buddy. See you now. <laughs> All right, we'll talk soon. All right, take care, everyone. Take care. Bye. See ya. Travis William Mustus. How awesome was that, guys? How awesome was that? You know, sometimes, you know, this is why I like bringing on different voices and maybe not all the big names all the time because it's easy to talk to the big names, but then you get a Travis William Mustus. And you get a gem of a show like we just had. What a pleasure and a treat that was. And I think we're going to hear more from him, not only on Spaced Out Radio, but other shows as well. Thank you to Steve, Linda, and Cat Chaser for the Super Chats. We're going to get going here with our number three, guys, right now. Stay tuned. you like to connect with us head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info now back to dave scott and sor here we go with the third and final hour of spaced out radio tonight thank you so much for joining us we very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call earth hello to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around north america and digitally on odyssey radio talk stream live and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davy the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Megistotherm. Megistotherm is your password. Probably pronounced that wrong, but the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. That came on a little early. And on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again where we head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller has another spooky story for us. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. I was just telling a friend about the days when I was editing a short film way back at an indie house facility in 2012. It closed at 5pm but they allowed members to work very much after that. 
The project I worked on was so last minute, so I was there late at night very often. Around 10pm, I started hearing someone in the hallway, right outside the editing suite, walking back and forth like he or she was dragging some heavy chains. The floor was made of wooden tiles and a large, old Victorian house turned business facility, so you could hear just about everything. I initially shrugged it off, it's probably just the neighbors, but then it got louder and it started sounding closer, and there weren't any neighbors around, but I needed to finish what I was doing. I was there for a purpose, with everything else being secondary, so it must be the neighbors, if you know what I mean. I opened the sweet door, and when I heard and saw something, I opened the sweet door, and when I heard and saw nothing, I yelled, Hello? I thought that maybe one or two of the staff members came back because they had forgot something, but there was no response. It kept happening and the intensity of my fear gradually built up, although I started getting irritated at how distracting it was. If my memory serves me well, the whole occurrence, the person sounding like they were dragging heavy chains across the hall, lasted about four to five seconds in total. I decided it was time to open the sweet store before the next occurrence. I didn't know what to expect. I just wanted it to stop so that I could continue my business. When I opened the door midway, the sound came to a halt, and there was absolutely nothing and no one out there. I still shrugged it off, just like I did the first time. It probably was just a weird coincidence. But the sound kept coming, and I opened mid-occurrence a couple more times with the same result. By this time, my denial was starting to break down, and it began to seep in that, hey, it might be a ghost, and this place might just be haunted. I started thinking about things people have said, like, you're not supposed to acknowledge it because when you do, that's when they begin to mess with you. But I still needed to do the work, so I went back to my thing and told myself that I'd deal with it if it happened again. And within the first few seconds of the next occurrence, I immediately directed the computer cursor to the tools menu to export my work. I didn't even think about it at this point. I just heard it and got so freaked out that my system was like, F this, let's go. I was working on a large file, so it took quite some time to export. While it did, I heard the chain dragging sound a couple of more times. I kept the suite's door closed the entire time and debated leaving through the window. I didn't want to walk through the hall where the sound was coming from to get to the main door. I needed to pee too, but I held it. I kept imagining catching a glimpse of feet, the chain, a hand, or something while I was in the stall. Once I wrapped everything up, I basically sped walked my way out of there. I returned the next day around noon to ensure I didn't end up staying late to finish the work. I didn't want to have to be there over the weekend. I just wanted to be free, so I wanted to finish that night, but the ghost just wouldn't let me. I told the desk person what happened and he casually replied, Oh yeah, a few other members told us that they experienced the same thing, like it was no big deal. Ah, oh, the swamp dweller. Chains along the floor as we get closer to Halloween and the Swamp Dweller and his spooky stories. Join us every Monday through Friday night here on Spaced Out Radio. We love the Swamp Dweller. Hey, if you want more, you can check out thousands of stories for free. All you got to do is go to his YouTube channel, hit subscribe. It is youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads. That's youtube.com forward slash Swamp Dweller Reads. All right, let's continue on with the show. We got the UFO report coming up. Little Timmy Senor, after a week away, is back with us. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know.
Yeah, Big Bad Tim, how you been doing, buddy? I mean, you took last week off to go hang out with your mom, which is always a, a very, very good thing to do. And now you're back home, ready to rumble with us. That's right. That's right. It's been busy. Lots of stuff going on. But um, just to let you know, I'm I'm keeping it real and I'm watching the news. So there's a lot going on, man. There. A lot going on. And it's great to see that you... And your show have kept your finger on the pulse. Well, you know what? Uh, thank you to Nicole Sackage for filling in for you last week. Yeah, she has been very much. She has been so dogged on this story that uh, it's made us look much better than what we probably would. But you know what? Uh, Grant Cameron is amazing. We got Melinda Leslie coming on in a couple of nights to to discuss the Jack Hauk version of these notes and Jack Houck passed away a few years ago, but Melinda's been waiting to hold on to these and waiting for the right moment to, to let these notes come out and we will get more into this in just a little bit of time. But yeah, man, it's uh, it's been a wild, wild uh, couple of weeks here and, and you know, you're, you're back in form, you're back in shape uh, doing your thing and it's good to have you here. And, you know, Hey, uh, very proud. Uh, you know, we should mention to our our audience. You know, earlier this year, you lost your dad, and uh, still big time condolences for that. So, you know, Tim's mom uh, has to, uh, uh, you know, called her son up and said, "Hey, honey, uh, mom needs some uh, little Timmy Senor time," and you can't say no to that. You just can't say no. So, good on you That's for true. being a great son too. Oh, thanks. I mean, of course. Yeah. Um, and I was getting work done while I was there, not just for mom, but some stuff on my project. And I've got a lot of good stuff coming. So keep your eyes open. I will share it as it as it happens. All right. So back to you, Dave. Well, let's <laughs> let's get started on it right off the bat, you know, because yeah. we already mentioned, you know, Oak's notes and, and Jack Houck's notes. So that's Oak Shannon and Jack Houck, which really puts a real stamp of approval on the Wilson documents from Admiral Wilson uh, and Eric Davis. The original notes were found in the archives of the late Dr. Edgar Mitchell, the sixth man to walk on the moon. I mean, National Car Rental has your back, Road Warriors, because we know you're picking up the pace. Steering life at 10 and 2, you're hitting the road, and National's helping you get there with the confidence of our complete clean pledge. So skip the counter without missing a beat. Choose any car in the aisle and be the boss of you. National Car Rental. Go like a pro. Subject to availability and other restrictions. Requires enrollment in the complimentary Emerald Club. You're invited to explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and float along the rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. Plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdooradventure. Mississippi, wanderers welcome. You know, what, what's your interpretation of these? So, well, as I understand it, <clears throat> according to the notes, the Wilson Davis documents, that was a conversation that took place between the two of them on some pretty high levels regarding their understanding of some pretty big topics, including uh, crashes, bodies, and metamaterials. 
And I think it even went a little deeper into their opinions on abduction. And I think there's some pretty big assumptions made in there, if not factual statements made in there from people that were well-informed having a conversation. And these are notes, as I understand it, that were from the recollection of uh, Dr. Davis. And so now we have two more sets of notes that I believe were the, either in the conversation or were recipients of the documents. And it was then their conversation. And Dave, actually, I was hoping for you to dig in a little bit deeper here, because I think your knowledge is probably at the peak on this. So please, oh, would you explain exactly what Jack's notes and Oak's notes I am still, are? I will be honest with you. I am still studying them. They are okay. Deep. They are deep. They are well informed, and and you know we're going to be going over a lot of them. Like I said, with Melinda Leslie here okay. in, the, in the next couple of days. But you know, I think it's a lot about confirmation, and not only about confirmation of the Wilson documents, but a confirmation of a lot of a different different programs that are going on simultaneously within the UFO world. I mean, guys, yeah. the one thing that's... And I'll be honest with you. These notes scare me. They do. Because it really goes to show how much cover-up is going on here. That's what yeah. I... My overall view on it is... They don't want us to know. They don't think we're ready, and they don't think we deserve it. Okay? And to me, it makes me wonder how much they do know. Okay? About crash retrievals, about aliens. Did Out of all those crash retrievals that we think that they have encountered, were there any aliens alive? Were they able to yeah. communicate? Were they able to to get the technology needed to advance not only the military, but eventually maybe a little bit of mankind or humankind? Yeah. You know, Interesting. The, these notes scare me because it really shows how deep the cover-up is going. And... I don't think that even the president of the United States, whoever it is, there's been 46 of them, really understands the magnitude of what is being covered up. Nor do the politicians. And I think once they, you know, now that the Wilson Davis documents have been added as evidence as per the congressional hearings, you know, a few months ago, how much of this is going to scare them? You know, how, who's really calling the shots on this UFO tech? Is it the government? Is it a shadow government? Is it, you know, uh, uh, you know a, a separate college of, of people who are maintaining the, the, the secrecy of this story? And maybe they're sworn to life for that? I don't know. But it's scary to me because it goes what it's what it tells me is there really is very few people 
who are controlling 7.75 billion people's attitudes on this planet and understanding on this planet. It doesn't have anything to do with corporations. It doesn't have to do with, you know, electric cars or or Bill Gates or or anybody else who you think is nefarious and controlling the world. No, this is different. This is different. Very few people are calling the shots on the one story that's going to affect everybody in humanity that's present and in the future. And to me, it scares the daylights out of me, Tim. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there's something definitely to be said about, you know, the control of information and the timing of this. Now, I know that uh, some of our work group here that you work with um, were pivotal to the release of these uh, other notes that came out recently, Jack and Oak no, Oaks Notes through Melinda Leslie and Grant Cameron and Nicole Sackage. And I'm thinking that, you know, their efforts in the timing of this are excellent. The fact that this was just entered into Congress, hopefully perhaps these outside notes will also get entered into Congress. Wouldn't that be fantastic? And so if we can at least get these looked at by the right people, then maybe they will interpret them as negative and have fear the same way you are, but maybe it'll at least get that dialogue open and they'll start talking about this as a real topic because oh, the I, timing is I important. Agree with here. You. I agree with you that they're going to start talking. What I don't agree with you is I don't think that we're going to get much in the public eye. I don't see any more public oh, yeah. hearings on this. I don't see any more uh, videos coming from the Navy because the Navy has literally told Congress, we're shutting the hell up. You're not getting any more videos. Don't ask us for anything. You know, the, they're really flexing their military industrial complex muscles right now on this subject. And, you know, uh, there's a comment in, in our chat room tonight uh, that – you know, Richard Dolan was on with our good friend Jimmy Church just a few, uh, just last week. And he said it that maybe the truth may be too awful for many people on this planet to handle. And we have been stating that for a long time. And I hate to reiterate myself when I say, look, we don't know how this is going to affect the economy, we don't know how it's going to affect religion. We don't know how it's going to reflect people who suffer from depression and anxiety. We don't know how it's going to affect the food industry, the gas industry, the markets. All right. Are we going to go like we did during the pandemic? And, you know, the aliens are here. So now I have to go buy 6,000 packs of Kool-Aid and 4,200 bottles of Metamucil and 10,000 packs of toilet paper. Right. I mean, we don't we don't know. And yeah. and this is where I tend to think. And and I, I remember asking Lou Elizondo this was the government's eyes or the or the Space Force's eyes on. I didn't know he worked at Space Force then, but let's just say the UFO eyes watching how humanity reacted to the pandemic. And he said, definitely we were because this is a 
a situation that will affect every single person on this planet because life will never be the same once it's confirmed. And if we have that many people who are believing in that threat narrative, just like the movie or the television series V or Independence Day or whatever it may be, that could cause a lot of problems going forward with many people. Because remember, Tim, we're not just talking about people who are living in the concrete jungles here. We're talking about the people who are living in the real jungles as well, of India, of Thailand, of the Amazon in Brazil. Some people, you know, the pygmy tribes in Africa, where there's still uh, people out there on this planet who've never seen a white human being or a Chinese human being or a, a Japanese human being, let alone an alien. So this is going to be very interesting on how it plays out. And I'm, I'm not sensing positivity because we keep pushing a threat narrative. Right. Well, I think that these documents are going to be important because they don't really express an, uh, a threat narrative from my interpretation of what I've read. I think it's just an expression of things that have been covered up. And I think that, like you said, you know, it's unfortunate that there's a select group that gets to know this information. Um, it should be made public. How would it be handled? I think that's an interesting question. Stephen King actually put that in Twitter recently. How would we? You know, that I hope he writes a book. I think Stephen would be a great uh, creator of a narrative that could go disastrous potentially. But there's a flip side to it. You know, it may have been here forever and will be here forever. And we may never even need to know. We may be coexisting as it is, you know. And so it may be of no importance whatsoever. You know, we could probably coexist if we have been. We could continue to, let's just assume. But I think the fact that the human race is so curious perhaps will be its own undoing, you know, because it's it seems like once mankind gets involved in things, well, we tend to uh, bastardize it, I guess you'd We're have to say. And, We're good at that. Yeah. And so um, the technology and all that is obviously what we seek, but perhaps we should be seeking with our heart first, you know, perhaps. I, I think your earlier guest, Travis, had some great interpretations and in some of the photographs he had. I also photographed a portal with things coming and going. So um, to have a photograph of something like that really does demonstrate to you personally to have seen it and, you know, to photograph it to live it shows you how potentially we can coexist and not even notice. Right. Cause if I had just been looking left, I would never have seen what I saw. And perhaps the same was for Travis and for a lot of us. And so maybe like you said, we shouldn't be so concerned with the uh, threat narrative that's being expressed by people that are trying to push this topic. Let's remember why that threat narrative was expressed originally by, I believe, to the Stars Academy. That was to get this out as a platform to be put in front of, you know, Congress as a real topic, to be platformed in the media as a real topic. And I think that, you know, in that sense, although it's a pretty serious misguidance on something that they're not informed on to call it a threat, 
um, it has successfully got it into the public eye. It made it to the New York Times. Um, I am very disappointed to see the reaction that the Navy has taken here, where it could have gone you know, the other way, where it could have been more transparent. It's gone the obvious other way, and it's going to express exactly the same thing it's been doing along with the Air Force for 75 years of silence. They would like to zip it up, and now they're applying vocal pressure on anyone that's going to release these videos that there would be repercussions, you know, in the future, that that's not an allowed thing, that it would be considered, you know, a great act, a negative act. And so, you know, I find that very discouraging because in this day and age, we're looking for a movement of truth and transparency. And when we have re-elections coming and some of the very pivotal players in this transparency push may or may not get reelected. Um, you know, that could be something that sets us back also. And so, you know, these things do tend to happen in waves. So we may get set back for five years. I think that's why people like Lou Elizondo said this is a 20-year mission. You know, if you want true disclosure, quote-unquote, coming from the government per se, if you don't feel like it's already happened. Tim, I'm going to get you to hold on right there because when we come back on Space Now Radio, we're going to go to an article from Christopher Sharp on Liberation Times about UFO changes are coming. The UFO report with Tim Senor continues on Space Now Radio right after this. Stay tuned. Thank you, Deb and Mr. Catfish, for the super chats there moments ago. Very much appreciate the love, everyone. Uh, thank you so much, as well as to Steve, Linda, and Cat Chaser. Much love to all of you guys. Uh, we really do appreciate it, so thank you. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very excited to get Melinda on the air on Wednesday to talk about this. This is going to be epic, you know, and... Yeah. You know, I just learned about I did a week ago I had no clue that a man named Jack Hauk existed regarding this. Yeah, that's because the people that are involved do a very good job of keeping things quiet when they're trusted. And I think that that speaks highly to the people that are involved and that are are talking about it right now. Uh Grant and Melinda in particular. Um you and I'm Got to sit with her, Melinda, recently, and what an amazing person, what a character, and just what a fountain of knowledge. If I could go on a UFO hunt with anyone, it would be her. She would be a blast. We gotta get and down. she comes with toys. I, I'm thinking you're number three of the SOR fan party. I want to do down in Sedona. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, I think if we all met up in Sedona, did our live shows from there, and um, I got to all go on uh, Melinda's UFO watch. Now you're talking. That would be awesome. Oh, excuse me. That would be awesome. Oh, yeah. I would definitely be there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm leaning but, uh, towards. Yeah, but you and your Vegas. You you love your Vegas. I do. I do love my <laughs> Vegas. You know. Oh, you're a character. <laughs> yeah. I'm a character. Yeah, you're the one drinking a Coca-Cola and I'm drinking water. 
Yeah, I don't often, but <clears throat> yeah, I'm falling asleep, man. It's way past my bedtime, <clears throat> as you know. Yeah, I, I no, I don't know what that's like. Wow. <laughs> my little ones get up at six for school, so that's rough. You. you you know the routine. Come on, forget I about it. We talked routine. about this. I know the routine. Yeah. You know, but um, I do have some fun information if you're your audience wants to know. So um, I do have some things that I can't talk about that I'm working on, but I can talk about a couple of things I am that are coming soon. So very quickly um, I'm working on an animated series um, on this topic, believe it or not. And it's got humor to it and uh, some real topics. Uh, and so I'm doing 12 episodes of that and the same animator is going to do a comic book with me. And so that's happening nice. and we're doing that independently. So that'll be a lot of fun. Um, and then I'm going to be streaming next week, some of the raw data from this past summer. Uh, Cause we finished up project starlight, which is obviously the summer scientific program. And we're moving into project moonlight, which is the winter portion of the program. And so we're going to have uh, a new location for the rig, which will actually be streaming live almost 24 seven for the project moonlight. So that'll nice. be fun for everyone to tap in. Um, but UAPRG is going strong and um, my peer analysis is almost done. So I'll have a scientific uh, paper with my raw data coming out um, in about 20 days, somewhere 25 days. And so that's um, done. And then, once that's confirmed, I'll know what I'm going to be including in the documentary, and then that'll be coming out around Christmas. That's awesome. all independent. Yeah, man, staying busy, but that's that's what I'm doing. Good stuff. It's so much fun. Great. I think that's great. It's, it has been so much fun, and what an experience! I've met so many people. I've got to collaborate with amazing people. So it's really all the help I've gotten. Right. No, I think that's uh, absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so much fun, you know, to actually get a little hands-on. And um, it takes a little of the mystery, I think, out of it, if that makes any sense. Look at, look at our buddy here, little Tommy Fessler. Go to bed. No one wins in Vegas, not even the UFOs. <laughs> I love Thomas. Oh yeah, Tom's great. I had uh, that is great. He's so right too. Nobody wins in Vegas, except except him when Dave goes to bed. The second you go to bed, like yeah. literally, I don't even know if you got on the elevator yet. And I was like, "Oh, should I tell him?" I'm like, no, "I can't tell." No, him. no, you don't tell Dave. You don't tell Oops, Dave. Yeah. All right, here, here we won. go with the final half hour. Thank you, Thomas, for the super chat, buddy. Very much appreciate her in your listening ears. 
If you've missed most of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read Shirky Poo's Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on tonight with the UFO Report. Our good friend Tim Senor is here hanging on out with us to talk about an article that recently came out in Liberation Times, a journalist Christopher Sharp, about changes coming, UFOs, and where we may be heading in the months ahead. Tim. That's right. And so directly quoting this article, although there were some hope that both the National Defense Authorization Act of 2023 and Intelligence Authorization Act of 2023 would pass before the midterm elections in November of 2022, it's now likely that the legislation is passed in this coming December. Between now and this December, we may see further amendments to the NDAA and the IAA potentially tightening and adding to the current UAP language. And so as Dean Johnson recently posted, You're invited to take a vacation from everybody else's vacation to a place where you can explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and see a 65-foot waterfall that once powered an old mill that you can walk through today or just float along the cool, rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. See the places and plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdooradventure. Mississippi, wanderers welcome. I'm Amy, and this is my life with California Closets. This is an amazing time in my life. We got married, new home, baby on the way. I needed my own sanctuary space. California Closets worked with us to give us everything we wanted. When I enter my closet, it's calm, it's organized. It's its own oasis. This closet is my dream closet. Schedule your free design consultation today at californiaclosets.com. There is some possibility that the IAA is attached to the NDAA, meaning that both pieces of legislation will pass at the same time. As for midterm races, Democrats are slightly favored, whilst Republicans um, are slightly favored to win in the House. And so if correct, then Representative Mike Turner, who represents as a close relationship to Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, would become chair of the House. And so basically we are seeing that another politician to keep another close eye on is Senator Mark Rubio vice chair of the Senate's Intelligence Committee and a leading advocate for previous UAP legislation. He faces a tight race in Florida and could potentially lose to Democrat Val Demings. And Demings is a member of the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence and has attended the classified hearings on the UAP in May of 2022. Following the meetings, Demings commented, as a former chief of the police, There's nothing I take more seriously than the safety and security of the American people. We will always investigate any potential threat from our adversaries. The top goals of this investigation are seriousness, transparency, and national security. Just because something is unidentified doesn't mean that it's unidentifiable. And the truth must always be a precondition to good policy. And so... To continue this quote, 
by treating this issue seriously, working with the Pentagon experts and empowering witnesses and hard evidence, we can find answers, ensure the integrity of American airspace, counter global threats, and keep Americans safe at home and abroad. And so what's next for the AARO? We can get into that next, Dave, but some concerns coming up here is some of the change in positions, some of our goal leaders may not be in the same position. And hopefully we have some well-versed um, replacements, but there's no guarantee. And Mark Rubio really did have a strong stand, kind of draws some concerns. Have you any thoughts on this article so far? Well, you know what? The concerns, once again, are politicizing this event. I don't think that UFOs are going to play that big of a role heading into the midterm elections. We're hoping, all right, but I don't th- see it being that way. I don't see anybody standing up on the podium going into their their local state debates and saying, by the way, Massachusetts, we got aliens. I don't I don't see that happening. Or, you know, going down to Tennessee, guess what? You got aliens. I just don't see that happening. I don't see it being a big push to what we are are trying to accomplish here. I really don't. But that being said, it's got to start somewhere. And where does it start? Right? Right. But being an elect, being an elect, I, I think we see it come up in election. I really do. But I don't see it you know, taking over from the stance of, of military and infrastructure where roads are collapsing and bridges are starting to crumble. You know, I, I see it being a lot more. Right. My concern, I guess, is kind of how we're seeing this pushback coming from the Navy. Perhaps we're seeing like a less strong position coming forward from some of the goal leaders, let's just say. People like Mark Rubio falling to the wayside, um, Senator Gillibrand, um, people like that who obviously there is a change of position at some point, and those large voices sometimes fall to the wayside. True. And it's kind of the same timing, you know, that we're seeing as this pushback from the Navy. And you know what? I'll just go ahead and finish up here. Yeah, and so it's you saying here. Up if and then legis- we'll talk about it. You finish up yeah. the article and then we'll talk about the Navy because I have some things I'd like to say about that. Absolutely. And so if legislation in its current form passes in December of 2022, the name AARO will be scrapped and replaced with the Unidentified Aerospace Undersea Phenomena Joint Program Office. <laughs> so here's a new office, the UAPJPO. So just when you thought... You know, it was safe to get out of the water. You're going to have to get right back in the water. And so if that occurs, it is quite possible that the Twitter page will be deleted and also renamed. So, you know, have fun searching this out. Of course. You know, I think if I was American and I had a very vested interest in politics... Never mind Biden Schmiden or dump Trump or whatever. I don't care. The scary part about it is the United States Navy having the balls and the audacity to tell the elected officials 
screw you, we're not playing anymore. We're not doing the UFO thing anymore. We're done. That is, to me, extremely scary. Yeah. And I might just liken very briefly here to interrupt. Um, the, the American system of government uh, working hand in hand with the military being the one really in control. I liken that to England and the the Royal Crown and then the Parliament really being in control. You know, it's but, like, but the difference it, it, is let's who, like who makes the real decisions here. I think it's really the military in, in our country, it seems like. So, I mean, it's pretty tough to see the Navy backing down on a stance where it's like, okay, just like you're saying, enough is enough. Um, but we can't have leaks. It's trying to seal up those leaks. If the American public was truly paying attention to the UFO story, I think the Navy shutting things down would be, if this wasn't UFOs, okay, if this wasn't UFOs, I think that this would be a top-line story across the United States that the United States Navy has just given the middle finger to elected officials who are supposed to run the Navy and the President of the United States, who is supposed to be the chief commander of of the armed forces. All right? That, to me, is incredibly scary. And if it if this was any other topic about rather than UFOs, if it was about nuclear arms or or whatever, like North Korea firing another missile over Japan and landing in the Pacific Ocean. Okay. Or even just drone incursions. Or drone incursions, absolutely. This would have a way different attitude than what we are seeing. And to me, if I'm American, I'm going to my representatives, my senators, my congresspeople saying, really, did you just let this happen? Do you not see what kind of, and I could be wrong here because I don't know your system very well down there. Right. But well, that, that's almost that's almost traitorous. Tr- who has oversight at that point? I mean, you're talking about the person that really works hand in hand with our top military officials, working hand in hand with our top government officials. And we recently just stirred the pot in that department, as you well know. Yes. And so with um, Gary Reed, obviously. Absolutely. And, and all of that diabolical. So um, these are the people that you know, also are instrumental on determining how information gets um, classified at the source. So if it's going to be unclassified, fantastic. We'll hear about it. That would be the opportunity. There, There was an opportunity here that was missed this past year, I believe, where things could have gotten a push we could have had more information. We could have unclassified things at the source. Instead, what we're going to see is the exact opposite. And that's become very obvious by the dialogue coming from the Navy. We're going to see more things classified. And the fact that we saw them scramble to cover their tracks with the most recent... Well, uh, let me ask you this. 
Go for I, it. I apologize for cutting you off. I'm curious no, no, to go your, for opi- it. your opinion on this. Was this maybe not a shot at the politicians, but a shot over the bow of Chris Mellon and Lou Elizondo, who lied on the paperwork about getting the three videos out, and then, just to add insult to injury, put the To The Stars Academy logo on United States Navy property. Is this revenge for that? I mean, could it be more transparent? And I think Chris Mellon's recent um, paper that he released, you know, on this exact topic about the logo um, and his stance, how he kind of backs off um, from his usual very stance, uh, staunch, uh, positive movement forward. He kind of took a step back in in this dialogue. If we And I was going to talk about this tonight. Maybe we still have time, but... I think you bring up a very good point and the fact that this is also a direct shot at the politicians um, as they're on their way out, potentially, let's also consider. Um, I think it's a very transparent shot across their bow. And I also think you're absolutely right. Chris Mellon demonstrates a little bit of backtracking. It's a shot at those guys. I think that they're probably feeling it. Um, I definitely know that Chris Mellon responded quite quickly to how things were moving in the Navy. And I think that, you know, this logo was a a direct demonstration. Now, in his opinion, he says that this shows that there is a lack of information in the DOD and that people are so ill-informed that this sort of thing can slip through and that nobody knew about it. And that this, this was a low level person that created this logo and somehow managed to get there to the uh, internet. You, you know what? I'm going to tell you something just as stupid. Now, that's from Chris. I know, but no, I'm, I'm going to tell you something just as stupid. A few years ago, Victor Vigiani and I raised up a little bit of a storm with the Canadian Mint when they released back-to-back coins of UFO incidents. One was the Stefan Mikulik case. The other one was Shag Harbor. Both coins sold out within days. Okay, you could go find uh, this $120 coin now on uh, uh, eBay for approximately $3,000. Okay, because the demand for them is high. Here's wow. what I'm saying, though. The Canadian Mint needs to be signed off. Anything they do needs to be signed off by the Finance Minister of Canada. The Canadian Mint also stated that we are about providing coins regarding Canadian heritage. Never in my 49 years, or at that point, 47 years, have I seen UFOs as part of our Canadian heritage. That is screwed up. Are there monuments in in Shag Harbor and for the... uh... Shank Other Harbor there events. is, Falcon Lake there is not. Okay. Well, I mean, if, if there is some sort of monument, then I suppose a coin is not out of the question. Um, is it part of your history? Well, you have a monument. Well, I, I understand that, but that's not the way Canadians think. Okay, right. We're used to beavers. It's an American way to think, perhaps. We're used to beavers. We're used to, to beer. We're used to 
uh, moose. We're used to igloos. We're used to snowmobiles. We're used to donuts and maple syrup. Mm, okay. Maple syrup. Okay. Yeah. UFOs <laughs> falls nowhere in between that on Canadian heritage. It was a ridiculous line. And I bring that up because of what Chris Mellon is saying. Okay. It's like saying Bigfoot is part of Canadian heritage too. Like, would you be insulted by that? Well, no. Why haven't they made a Canadian Bigfoot coin? Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, isn't it kind of on the same lines of potential historical phenomenon for a country? I mean, I understand your point. But I don't want to get you too off no, topic. No, no, so no. Please. You know what? Hey, I would love to see a run on Canadian coins from the Rougarou to to Sasquatch <laughs> to Wendigos to to all the weird uh, creatures that we see. I would love to see that. There, if, if UFOs are a part of this, so are they. So are they. But I think it ties in nicely with what Chris Mellon was saying. Mistakes like that logo on the ODNI, okay, just are not made like that. They put those out on purpose. They do it to gauge public inquiry, inquiry, public interest, to see if anybody notices how long it takes people to notice, how long did it take uh, UFO Twitter to go nuts on this. Mm-hmm. They watch it all. They knew. It's just Do you like, mind if I go ahead. Let, let me quote him because I think that this kind of speaks perhaps how he's pivoting. Okay. And this is a quote from, uh, let's see, this came out four days ago. Uh, and so that is called the lesson on the DNI aviation logo. And inside this letter, There's a quote that I'm going to just read very briefly. The natural tendency in each case for UAP observers to think these occurrences were indications of the views of the people at the top or part of some coherent plan involving management of the UAP issue. In fact, each each of these cases demonstrate the opposite. There is little, if any, coherent management of the UAP issue at a high level. It is only a slight exaggeration to say nobody at a high level of the DOD or the IC has time to even consider the UAP issue. Anyone who doubts that is out of touch. So he is saying here that, you know, there's very little understanding. There's very little management of this at high levels, right? And what he's saying is that there's a reoccurring pattern, and I'll quote on here, regarding UAP reporting that appeared again recently when a new proposed logo for the director of national intelligence aviation subgroup appeared on the web because it had flying saucer on it. UAP commentators naively made much of it trying to read non-existent tea leaves predictability. The speculation proved for naught when it was revealed that there was nothing more than a draft prepared by a low level government employee. Nobody at a senior level had even seen much less approved the logo. In fact, the few people at the DOD and the IC involved with the UAP issue were as surprised as anyone when this appeared on social media. And so he's saying that he sees this pattern recur over and over in which some minor issue emerges emerges and is misconstrued. And so he's kind of pointing the finger back at the UAP public, 
the UFO groups um, taking this and running with it as being a major issue. But I kind of push back and disagree a little bit with Chris here. I think that it was somehow intentional. Um, and what if no, what if nobody had made an issue of it? Would then would it still be there today? And they they would have just gone with it. You know what I mean? Um, and also, why was this created even at a low level? And I think, are we missing that massive fact that it's somebody in a low level uh, thought that that was appropriate and created that? And, um, you know, there are a lot of people in the UFO community that were like, look at where the UFO is placed. There's significant things to everything. You know, there's no mistakes, right? And I think you may even be one of these people, Dave, that thinks that there are no mistakes. And you're maybe even questioning whether this was a mistake, aren't you? I'm not questioning whether it was a mistake. Not at all. No. Not at all. They do these things to gauge public interest. They do these things to give us breadcrumbs, to send us on little sorties on trying to figure out what is going on. It's a, you know, this is where I get conspiratorial and put my tinfoil hat on. Okay, because nobody's going to design that logo with a UFO on it and then just say, oops, this was a mistake. Oops, you know, my 17-year-old kid was playing on my computer and just happened to change the logo. Uh-uh. It's not how it works. Not right. how it and works. And the timing also, at the same time as this massive pushback from the Navy, the DOD, um, you know, expressing their... Um, Appearance agreed, you, you know, agreed. What timing is so important, and you know, we're also about to put this in front of Congress again. We're supposed to get another uh public hearing and a new release in October. So, little Timmy, it's Sinar, all about we timing. will talk to you in a couple of nights' time here, my friend. Thank you, all right, so buddy. Much Thanks for having time. me on. It's been fun, it's always fun with you, buddy. Always, yep. always fun. Tim Sinor in the UFO reports. We got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thaw rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Space Down Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in at home, at work, in your cars. Wherever you may be, thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Spreaker, Facebook, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. I know you're out there somewhere. Remember, this show is copyright by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us. Because together, my friends, we're watching. We own the night. Mr. Fumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we've got room for them, too. 
Good night. You're invited to take a vacation from everybody else's vacation to a place where you can explore cypress swamps and magical gardens and see a 65-foot waterfall that once powered an old mill that you can walk through today. Or just float along the cool, rushing waters of an old-fashioned swimming hole. See the places and plan your journey at visitmississippi.org slash outdoor adventure. Mississippi. Wanderers welcome. Doing your best work from home is not easy when you don't have the right space. California Closets will help you create a custom solution that works for you, your family, and your life. Whether it's a small space, shared space, multifunctional space, or kids space, our professional design consultants will help you get organized and make your space one that works better for you. Now you can love where you live and work. Schedule your free in-home or virtual design consultation today at californiaclosets.com. 